This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 595 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Thursday, August 30th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and we've got a huge episode tonight. I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Mason, and two wonderful guests, Scott Welsh and Chris Bogman is what I called them the other day. But actually, it's Chris <laughs> Welsh, Scott Bogman from the In This League podcast. Gentlemen, how are the three of you doing after an hour of t- conversing while you were waiting for my lazy ass to get here? We had a great show. We had an absolutely fantastic <laughs> yes. show before you were here. Uh, Justin had some. Justin will uh, post that one. That's a special <laughs> episode. He had some incredible jokes, some incredible insight. Bogman <laughs> hit a couple really good ones. Something about a brain was in there. It was a really, really good time. <laughs> and we're glad you could joke? join us. I on had from the. I, I, don't don't f with me, Spore. I literally pulled up duck jokes. I will okay. tell them. Give me too much crap about that. You know what? I'm fine with them. Did Kyle make an appearance, thinking that I would be on? Did I trick him by being late? No, I think it's a, I think it's past Kyle's. Yeah, he's it's past Kyle's bedtime. Well, plus he has to rest up after getting waxed last time out because he is in fact a garbage pitcher. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Gentlemen, uh, if you, first off, folks, if you're not listening in this league podcast, I'm really not sure what you're doing with your life. Been listening to these guys for a minute. They crack me up all of the time. I'm out in a uh, grocery store, Walgreens, literally cackling. My favorite moment ever is still, still when Welsh wanted to pretend that he had like some six pitch repertoire. And Bogman was like, no, you don't. You don't throw any of this. <laughs> It's well, not sometimes you gotta let him know. He's like, ever. Oh, I have this cutter, and it has the movement. cutter. No, you don't. The cutter. That was the best. I no, got it. I got a cutter. Nope. I've nope. got. I've got the straightaway fastball. I've got the nope. two seam. Got there a great change up. I don't have six. Don't. That was a lie. But a four pitch repertoire in the book. I'm gonna. Go. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find the tweet. Listen. Here's what we're gonna do, Sport. You, you're gonna come out here to first pitch here in a couple months. Everyone knows we always spend time. Uh, if you watch the Fall Stars game, you can catch Paul, myself, uh, Eno, Bogman, everybody. We're all sitting in the front row. We're all doing weird stuff. Everyone all we but do, Justin. Everybody but yes. Justin, sadly. We got to get Justin. Justin there. But let's do like a pitching thing. Like, let's do a pitching thing. Let's see how I'm, many uh, I'm in. You put out. I will, I will destroy your cutter. I mean, probably. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's I will all- throw a better one, but I will, I will hit it is what I'm saying. Which oh, is not so wait, I get to I get oh, to pitch against you. If you got if you guys want just the Dude, worst will, display of baseball ever, I'll film it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's do I, that. I'm well, in. let let's I'm pitch in. and hit against each other. 
uh, I'm I'm in for it. I would get embarrassed. I I'm not a good hitter. That is exactly why I uh, I stopped playing at at, at a too big of a strike zone. Uh, way too big of a strike zone <laughs> at, at six five and, well, and just not not good enough. Not good. Well, enough. you do know. I mean, you and I we're we're the tall ones here too, by right. the way, because I'm six foot four or six five. But you know, I uh, was invited by the Diamondbacks in the spring training to take part in a little bit of BP, some media BP there, Spore. I so. know. And that was very cool. Very cool. We got to play, got to do a little bit at the uh, um, Tout Wars draft, which was really cool. They had the cage. We were at the New York Penn League, the Staten Island team, and that was a lot of fun uh, getting a few hits, uh, whiffing like crazy against Nick Pollock, former college pitcher, of course, uh, gassing everybody. So that was a lot of fun. But as far as hits would go, I'd be uh, Bogman zero shares, of course. I, I'd be in it. <laughs> you want to know a fun fact about that hitting session? It's a, it's actually a pinnacle moment in my life. Uh, not because I got to pick up a bat from Tuffy Ghostwitch, not just because Ooh. of that. Oh, big player. Uh, that's right. No, real player. Tuffy Ghostwitch hitting, hitting bombs with it. But there was a professional photographer there, and they had a pitching machine. They were bringing in 50 or 60 or whatever. My first session was horrible, and then I started picking it up. None of that mattered, though. After the fact, they send in um, some professional shots of your BP. I received the photos, and I looked at the photos. I have never been more horrified <laughs> at the disgusting human being that I was. I didn't realize what a monster I had become. My stomach was out of my shirt. I looked at that. I swear to God, I swear to you. And Spore, you've seen me probably at my worst last year. I looked at that picture and I said, I can't do this anymore. That was the most horrific moment that a professional photographer had to look at my stomach with a lens and and hit multiple (laughs) shutters. So since then, I've lost 40 pounds and I'm going to keep going because it's disgusting. it, It, you know. The, the impetus for it comes from different places. And on a serious note, that's that's a baller move, man. So congratulations. It didn't go far. I found it. So <laughs> it, it, it's fine. I, I, I picked it up for trade. you. It was a trade, a three-way deal. You you you, lost, you traded the pounds <laughs> over to uh, to Justin and Bogman. By the way, that was Welsh talking. And then Bogman say hello so people know who the voices are here. That That's um, me. My favorite part of uh, – speaking of pictures, by the way, was uh, at the uh, – you know, when there was a picture of all of us at the Arizona Fall League Championship game and somebody asked Spore, like, hey, is that is that Justin Mason sitting next to you? And you're like, no, that's Bogman. It's like, no, it's the other fat guy. You know, it's fine. You want to know a fun fact? The bearded, the bearded guys uh, for, for one another. You want to know a fun fact, too, about all of us? This is really interesting here is like, you know, in this podcast world, especially, you know, in the fantasy sports world and the sports world in general, there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many people that do shows. That have never met each other in real life, have never yeah. interacted with each other. And I think uh, for me, it's kind of special. I've actually got to hang with everybody here. Bogman's lifelong friend of mine, 25 years now, I think it is ridiculous. But I have uh, gone out to San Francisco and hung out with Justin for the night and his wonderful wife. And I've hung out uh, you with you, Spore, a couple times. We played some poker, had a great time last time. So we have an interesting dynamic that we have all actually spent time with each other, not just like in podcast form. That's I've never hung out with Scott. Yeah, that's me literally the best part. Not of AFL yet. though, like that, because you get to meet everybody and obviously Justin won't be able to make it this year, but there will be next year and we'll have to get it on the books immediately because man, I'm just so mad that you're going to miss Vlad, but we're actually going to talk about that in yeah. a bit. Uh, we're going to do in honor of ITL. You guys do great player battles. You put out polls, just player A versus player B. I love that stuff. Just kind of battling, talking about two different players, usually have some themes behind it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do some player battles for 2019. 
scene with a host of disappointing players. And so I matched a, a bunch of guys up at positions. I also did a few cross-positional ones because the talent levels matched a little bit better. And then I did one. Um, one stud is in here because closer is a lot more difficult because it's so driven just by the role itself that I just took uh, the former king versus the new king. So we'll that but let's start at the top with catcher and uh welsh i'm gonna start with you on this one wilson Contreras definitely hasn't panned out to the level that was expected of him uh nor has really any catcher but jt real muto because when you're looking at the top catchers you have uh so many of them that got hurt obviously buster posey just went down gary sanchez went down i mentioned Contreras didn't do well you had a few guys emerge it's been an absolute wasteland outside real muto and now with the hip injury Posey's done for the year. So I'm pairing up Contreras versus Posey for 2019. Welsh, where are you going? I love that one, too. And and I just want to put out here, it's funny that you brought up Romito because I've been over on the ITL shows, been pretty hard saying this for about like three months now. I don't think there is one catcher that should be drafted inside the top 100 in Fully. 2019. And I think Gary Sanchez will be drafted in the top 100 because it'll just mm -hmm. happen. It's going to happen in uh, the 80s. I got chirped a bit about Romuto today, but still, I mean, the guy's like 120 if you're looking at standard five by five over, uh, you know, over the entire season. This one's tough. Both of those guys are where there are only three that were pre-draft ranked inside the top 100 uh, for this year. Gary Sanchez, Contreras and Posey. I feel I mean, this has to be. I think Contreras because Posey's coming with so many question marks right now. I think Posey is the biggest disappointment outside of Gary Sanchez, of course, because these are top 100 guys. But mm -hmm. I'm really worried about the injury stuff with Posey coming into next year. Six to eight month timetable. I think he's missing April without a question in my mind. So he's going to come back in May. So he's already going to be behind the eight ball. Wilson Contreras a little bit more on the offensive side. Hopefully, I don't think it's going to be 19, but by 2020, I think Posey is going to officially moved off of catcher to first base because uh, their, two, their second overall pick from this year in the draft, Joey Bart, will probably have made that stride up. So I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. I think the offensive numbers are there. He's stealing a couple bases. I'm not a big Contreras guy, but I think Posey's best years are far, far behind him. And I would question, I'd be curious if anyone thinks he's going to hit double digit homers next year. It's looking like a Joe Maurer situation. Justin, let's go to you on this same one here. Contreras versus Posey. Are you seeing it the same way as well? Or are you jumping back on the Posey train as a Giants fan yourself? This one's really difficult for me because as a Giants fan, I want to say Posey. And I think I'm going to. But not because I think he'll be better than Contreras, but that I think he'll be drafted way after him. Boom! And that helps. I like that. The, the, no, I like the price point does matter, uh, but Bogman's also right, Homer. Homer as hell, but continue. <laughs> I, well, I just think with the in, coming off the injury, the fact he only hit five home runs this year, uh, I think that his price is going to be extremely low. And the, the skills are all still there. Uh, and he's actually got a higher hard contact percentage, higher exit velocity uh, than uh, Contreras. So I actually think that he has a good chance if he can come back healthy that – he can rebound. Now, do I think he's ever going to be a guy that hits 20 home runs? No, I, I don't. I think fair. this is a guy who is probably a 12 to 15 home run hitter with a good average and a, a great on-base percentage. 
but I think, especially in two-character formats, that's going to be really valuable uh, for next season. And while I think he will be moved off of for or off of catcher, though I don't know that it's the first base. There's been talk that he may play third base. Um, That'd be nice. That'd uh, save his value. Otherwise, he's Joe Mauer. Yeah, right. Because, well, because they've got Brandon Belt locked up long term, and they can't yep. trade that contract either. So. Uh, I think he could move over to third base eventually. I don't think it'll be next season. So for 2019 only, I'll take the huge discount that I'm going to get on Posey rather than the the small discount that I think we're going to get on Contreras because people are going to look at him coming into his age 27 season and go, well, this is a guy ready for a rebound. Can I throw one thing I'm curious about, though, is is the question more about the player that you'll own or the player that's going to be higher performer? Because I think Contreras is the higher performer. But to Justin's point of owning, I'm with that because I'm going to want to take probably the lowest catcher I possibly can. I'm not going to invest in Gary Sanchez. I'm not going to invest in Real Muto. So by this standard, I actually think I'll own more shares of Posey, but I think Contreras is going to be the bigger offensive output. But if he slips into the first round too, blah. That's a distinction worth making for sure. And uh, I, I do think we'll see some of that where, where Posey's price dips lower. Folks will con- ca- um, convince themselves on Contreras in the offseason. Maybe he has a big September or even worse yet, a big October. You know, on the big stage, everyone kind of convinces themselves. Bogman, are you, are you kind of going with the pack here where you would uh, prefer to own Posey based on his being cheaper and then think Contreras will be better? Or is it Contreras both ways? Or Posey I, both n- ways? N- no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like, I think I'll, I'll rather own Posey because of the cost. But to be honest, I'm probably going to be zero shares of these guys. I think I'm just going to take, like, a backup catcher that barely plays next year so that the position just can't hurt me. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I've learned from this. Oh, that's interesting. I'm just going to take yeah, I'm just going to take cheap guys that, or, or guys that play. If it's a, if it's a two catcher league, I'll, I'll take guys who are like defensive studs that I think can maybe add some to their bat, like Tucker Barnhart, Austin Hedges, and, and as opposed to really dipping in. Uh, I, I understood the Sanchez love this year and I, I, I thought it was justified. I think I even have a share, but I, 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 I'm not going to do it again. I just I'm done drafting catchers. I, I can't do it. By the way, worth noting, these two are both top ten because catchers so terrible. Posey seventh, uh, Contreras eighth. On Unbelievable. ESPN that's how bad Patrick. it is. <laughs> yeah, that's how disgusting it is. Let's move over to first base and talk about a couple veteran guys here uh, who both disappointed against their their draft stock here. Uh, one guy's actually quite a bit higher. Edwin Encarnacion is thirteenth on the player Raider. Joey Votto all the way down at 24th. Bogman, we'll start with you on this one. Between Votto and Encarnacion, a couple of oldies, which one would you prefer next year? Man, I hate this one. Uh, <laughs> I just... E5 is... Uh, he's still hitting homers, but... The batting average has dipped just so low to 235. So much. And I didn't think that was going to be an issue with him because I thought he had the plate profile to kind of maintain a decent batting average as he aged, and we're just not seeing it. Right. And Joey Votto, you know, just where's where my power done gone? 36 <laughs> to 9? That's that's sad. I just that's insane. <sighs> I, I think I'm going to take Joey Votto in this one because I think they'll probably be drafted around the same – area i maybe Votto goes a little bit higher just because he's going to still be good at everything when he's in there outside of maybe power mm-hmm. but i i think i'm going to lean towards joey Votto, but i don't feel great about it yeah i, th- I think that's where i'm at as well i love joey Votto just as a player and i think i'll 
be wanting to bet on the rebound, especially if it comes at a discount. It's really going to depend on the discount. He will be 35 next year. We know fantasy baseball, super ageist. Edwin Encarnacion will be 36, so that could help the situation for sure. Justin, what about you between the uh, Votto and uh, E5? Yeah, I think I think it's Votto for me. One, he still walks a ton. As as, as X Woba is four twenty three this year, X batting average three twelve. I think Votto is one of those guys that can kind of turn on and off the power depending on what he wants to do. Uh, and I think we just never saw him turn, turn it, it on, off. dummy. Yeah, I could have used it all second. <laughs> yeah, I, I could have too. But I, I think I think he rebounds. I, I don't have as many worries about uh, an aging Votto that I do about an aging E5. So it's Votto pretty easily for me. I agree there. Welsh, are you sweeping it? My issue with this one, I mean, I guess it's a lot of things, but like (laughs) if Votto and E5's value is in the the same vicinity, this isn't even like close to me. It's it's Votto. Like I'm taking Votto. I'll always be the guy that wants to bank on the rebound of what was it? The old like... Ron Chandler is saying, like, if a player shows you what they can do, you know, they show you that skill set, believe in that skill set. And Joey Votto yep. has been a consistent guy. I've always been one of those guys that I feel like every year I talk down on E5. I'm like, ah, I don't know, E5 is going to come back down. And uh, like my old curmudgeon about E5, but he just <laughs> continuously does it. I would not be surprised, though, in this conversation if E5 actually is just a tad bit higher statistically than Joey Votto next season, because one thing I don't think we're even talking about here is think about the surrounding cast. Think about the cast that E5 has around him right now with Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. The lonely, the lowly Reds over here, we're still sitting with Eugenio Suarez, who we like, but you know they're, they're trying to piecemeal this entire situation. They're, mm-hmm. They've been practically selling off their pieces for so long. Scooter Joey, Jeanette, come on. Yeah, Scooter Eugenio Jeanette's Suarez. Guy. Joey Votto <laughs> is sitting with a cast of characters that don't help the situation. So I'm saying all this to say that like, I think statistically they could both be very close, but at the end of the day, I'm going to bank on the guy that's a perennial MVP every single season, and I'm going to look at this as the outlier year yeah i'm still i'm still gonna take my shots on Votto as well um you know he is hurt by the fact that they continue to put bailey hamilton at the number one spot too and that's just that's such a dud he basically he basically becomes the leadoff hitter then because uh hamilton is so bad so that when Votto bats second it's always it's always bases empty one out but billy's uh, gone next year billy has to be gone next year right no i'm so unimpressed with him let's see um love defense that's the thing. That defense is going to keep him there. And, but stop batting him first. Like, this He's is not going to get like, traded to the Giants. I'm telling you, the oh, Reds God, on the precipice, you know, speaking of talking about, we're into, I know we're going to be talking about the Arizona Fall League in a bit, but the Reds are on a precipice of just a nice, beautiful prospect uh, uh, takeover with guys like Nick Sinzel. Taylor Trammell is one of these guys that's going to be coming out to the Arizona Fall League. And this is like a five tool stud. I just wish and hope that we could get some of these guys to get to the majors to be around for Joey Votto when it still matters. I just worry that we're not going to get to that space. They're putting some things together. It's a really difficult division, so it's probably still going to be an uphill battle anyway. But getting a breakout like Suarez uh, and and finding something off of the, the wire basically with Jeanette – uh, to go with Votto it gave him a nice little core there that they're going to start to add around. But you know, like you said, it might be too little too late. Let's move over to second base and, and go now um, veteran versus young buck. And it's Brian Dozier versus Yon Moncada. Now you're here. And uh, <laughs> ain't nobody trying to Yon Moncada. Now you're here. Anymore now. It has not been good. Like I, I I'm, I'm, 
in a dangerous zone right now with Moncada because I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm like, he's still very young, and it can fl- the switch can flip. You talk about a team that's on the rise. This White Sox club is a team on the rise. Look what their rotation's been doing. Lucas Giolito with a gem against Boston tonight to continue his hot run. Carlos Rodon, Reynaldo Lopez, Michael Kopech. Nick and I talked about this rotation on the come up um, on Sunday's pod, and then they have a few offensive pieces that matter too with Tim Anderson, with Avisal Garcia being halfway decent, uh, Matt Davidson, and of course, they're bringing up a lot from the Jose Bray, of course, is their centerpiece. And Moncada, despite a 220 average, still has a 93 WRC plus, 16 homers, 11 stolen bases. Meanwhile, Dozier, uh, another guy that we're waiting for that second half surge that just never came. When he first got traded over to the Dodgers, it's like, oh boy, here we go. Because he really he was getting going right away. And he's been better than he was with Minnesota, but that's only because he was so bad with Minnesota. Justin, I'll start with you here. Young Buck Moncada versus 32-year-old Dozier, who will likely have a new home. Yeah, it's going to largely depend on, I think, where Dozier ends up. But I think I'm going with him. There's not a ton in the profile to explain to me, outside of a really low BABIP, of why his average sank as far as it did. Uh, I mean, I think he deserves some of it, but I don't. I don't think he he should have hit 228 this year. So, uh, the power's still there, speed's still there. Uh, I believe the average will bounce back to the 260 range or so, uh, and so I have to bank that this is a guy who is you know a, a seasoned hitter. He's going to end up hopefully if, as long as he ends up in a decent spot. I, I think I really like Dozier next year. You know, it's really surprising that he's been uh, hasn't been better with the Dodgers than than, than he has. Well, again, he surged from where he was with with the uh, with the Twins, but you would think the batting average would be up. He's only hitting two thirty three, despite more walks than strikeouts, sixteen percent K, seventeen percent walk, uh, and and a ton of hard hits. Yes, he hits the ball in the air a lot, but he has a twenty four percent line drive rate. I'm just wondering why the hits aren't falling for him. Welsh. I know you do. You've liked Moncada in the past. You you are trying to yell Moncada now. You hear, <laughs> and I wonder where you're going to go here between Dozier and Moncada. I do love me some yell Moncada now. That's definitely you something hear? I'm always down with. You hear now? I will say one of the biggest disappointments is that Brian Dozier didn't Brian Dozier this year, you know, and that's the second, no second half. half surge. No, three, he was three oh four in 2016 in the second half, two twenty four this year. I mean, eighty point uh, average drop in the second half from what he did last year. Like, there's few things that we can count on in baseball. One has always been. That Mark Trumpa will be great in the first half and garbage in the second half. The other one is Brian Dozier will be garbage in the first half and great in the second half. And that didn't happen. That's disappointing. I will say this. I think Brian Dozier is the safer option. And I I hate to cop on this, uh, this answer, but I can see like team construction dictating where I go with either one of these guys. Sure. I think I'm going to own more Moncada shares next year because I think he will be going drastically lower than Dozier. He still has got 16 homers. He's got in the double-digit stolen bases. The strikeouts are absolutely ridiculous, but the team is on... They're, they're on the brink of the transformation. Eloy Jimenez, regardless of whatever suit his uh, team is going to have against the White Sox, you know, that team is going to look different next year. You're going to have a healthy Abreu. Eloy is going to be there. Luis Robert is uh, on the precipice. Yes. I think Moncada in this maturation period of these two seasons is going to find himself next year. It doesn't mean that he's going to surpass Brian Dozier. So I'm going to take Dozier 
But I'm telling you, I'm going to own more shares, I think, of Moncada next year, just banking on this 25-20 potential that we've been sitting on. And I think we still have the chance to reach. So similar to the catcher setup where the price is going to play a role, yeah. yet uh, you're, you're thinking that Dozier is going to be the better player. I can definitely understand that. Uh, Bogman, uh, between Dozier and Moncada, do you, do you share the Welsh's views or do you have something different? I mean, are are we counting uh, hitter strikeouts here? Because uh, <laughs> uh, then Moncada goes through the roof. <laughs> Moncada is gonna he's challenging Mark Reynolds right now. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Dozier and fairly easy. Although there is just so much upside with Moncada, I think if it's if the difference is three rounds or more, I'm definitely going to sa- side on the Yoan Moncada side. Yeah, uh, just because. The upside is really worth it. And, and but both these guys, people are going to make excuses for in the offseason. Sure, it's going to be like, that's a good point. oh, well, you know, Dozier uh, changed teams and he had to go from the AL to the NL and blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, Yo Moncada is super young. And this is how everybody sounds who makes excuses. Exactly. Uh, you know. <laughs> or if yeah, Dozier yeah, signs yeah, somewhere yeah. good, it'll be, like, oh, he's not with a good team and he's really going to take off from the jump. Yeah, because that's definitely yeah. people's talk. I, I hear that too <laughs> when people talk for sure. Right, exactly. So th- there's going to be excuses made for both these guys. So they'll probably go a little bit higher than they both should go. But I think, uh, in general, I'm probably going to lean towards the veteran who I've seen do it multiple times. So. It's also really like difficult when you look at a guy that continuously in his professional career just only rises his strikeout percentage over 30% every time. Like, like we have to talk ourselves into redeeming factors of players that are 30% higher strikeout percentage. Like, why, why am I still buying in? Why do I still go this way? It just puts such a burden on the batting average. Yeah, and the only reasonable explanation is you've got a middle infield player that has 20-20 potential that we keep buying into it. But, I mean, this is going to be the biggest. You guys agree, this is a make or break for Yoan Moncada like in how we are going to approach drafting. Like, this is his last opportunity. Like, this year, oh, I don't mean to sidetrack us. Was this year Byron Buxton's Yoan Moncada next year? Like, did we just surpass I've already been off that train. I mean, well, no, I mean, like, but coming <laughs> into this year, like, wasn't this kind of the make or break for Byron Buck sure. and that value? That's Moncada next year. Of course, you talk about I, ex- I excuse guy. You talk about excuse guy coming through, and he sounds like that guy who just spoke. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> he was hurt all year, and now the price is going to be cheaper. And I think I'm going to take him. I love Buster Posey. Do you have another year for uh, Buxton, Justin? No, no, I'm, I'm talking about Moncada. Moncada's only 23 years old. He's going to be 24 next year. I don't think it's make or break for him. Okay. He's still super young. I think it is in terms of being kind of an early round pick, let's say ten top ten rounds sort of deal. How about, was, uh, how about last chance to make excuses for him? Is, does that sound better? Like I, next, I just, if he doesn't if, make it next year, he's going to go into that post hype sleeper. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. I think he'll already be there. I think he needs to start making some drastic improvements next That's year. I think you have to lower the ceiling if we get another year like this one. And I yeah, know I think, that I think I think we're all saying kind of the same similar things. It just sounds a little bit more drastic. Like Monk, we can't we can't give up hope on a 23 year old who's going to walk into his 24 year old season. You're not going to just say ah, it's done. But I think the excuses are going to kind of not be as warranted if he does another year of this. It's it, and I think that's similar to Buxton. It's not to say that player like Buxton isn't going to be able to still live up to all the tools that we've seen, but we're just not going to make excuses for him anymore. Well, and at some point, 
a, a guy doesn't reverse a 34% strikeout rate and he'll have uh, uh, nearly 900 plate appearances of that. This is Moncada. Justin, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot more that you, that you wanted to add to Dozier Moncada. So I'm going to spin in a little bit, a little tangent there. What about Moncada versus teammate Tim Anderson? Who do you like better next year? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Lots of sounds. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think Ooh. I'm going to lean Anderson. Okay. Only because. Could you be less convincing? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so I, I've exciting. hated Tim Anderson for so long. But you don't like sub 300 OBPs, dude? Come on. Yeah, but I mean, the speed factor is just it's huge. So good. 25 stolen bases already. So we're talking about a guy who who will likely finish at or around thirty stolen bases. It'll be like twenty thirty, y'all hitting yeah. like two two forty five, but like twenty thirty is hot. You know the the problem is you know I'm looking at I'm looking up his splits right now. Didn't most of his home runs? Yeah, came in the first yeah. two months of the season. So mm-hmm. that that to me he hit seven home runs in May, and then he hasn't hit more than uh, three home runs in in all of the months combined or, uh, or, uh, afterwards. All the rest of the month, yeah, two, the one the months, and three. Yeah. So that is concerning. I don't think that power is legit. I think we just saw a little, but I think the speed is obviously legit and he's broke he, ass with Merrifield. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, is yeah. broke ass with Merrifield. <laughs> well, yes. he's, he, he's, Billy Hamilton playing shortstop. Oh, that's mean. No, <laughs> well, I mean, he is. What though. did he do to you? What are you talking about? I mean, no, 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 no. The, po- <laughs> the power's too good. Yeah, sure. The, the, yeah, the power. Yeah, the power I talked there. to Tim Anderson uh, two spring trainings ago, and it was it was after a practice, and, and we were just chatting. And because uh, we're out, Bogman and I, by the way, we're out here in Arizona, so we've got like spring training and the fall league and stuff out here. We, we'll have some of that coverage. Yeah, but you can be a little bit jealous. I mean, not right now because it's like 110 with humidity. So don't worry. You guys, yeah, you guys are all awful. fine. It's horrible. It's the worst thing ever. But um, I went to Tim and I was like, "What's the what's the outlook on stolen bases? Are we going all in?" And he just looked at me and he smiled. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you're not going to give me a number?" He's like, "I can't do that to myself, man. This guy loves to steal. That this is a this is going to be the biggest part of his game. The one worry I have. It's really interesting you brought him up." The one worry I have is that taste of the power next year if it's going to affect his swing in a negative way. If, sure. if it was an anomaly of what we saw with the power in the first two months and then he overpresses himself, if you get that average down to 220, you're not going to get the opportunity to steal. I think he's a guaranteed 20-plus steal guy for the next five years. That's not even a question. I'm worried about what Justin's saying. If that power isn't real, that this is a guy that's going to overpress on a team that's kind of built around overpressing with guys guys like y'all Moncada, but I think that's a really interesting one that you brought up with Anderson. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty intrigued by by the duo and I saw Anderson on MLB Central and got a got, got a good vibe from him in, in terms of a guy who's not satisfied with this line. He wants to improve. He wants to be better. Obviously, he doubled he his walk Im- rate. He has improved. Yeah, I was just about yeah, to say he, he doubled the double the walk rate this Which year. wasn't hard by the way. It was 2% and uh, now it's at 5%, so you know, good good but an improvement, okay? And you give credit where it's due, and he did he did improve it. 
if I can get a 320 OBP from Tim Anderson, oh. I'm getting 40 steals, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm so intrigued by him. So, yeah, I, I figured that was better than than doing the Dozier Moncada thing because I, I feel like we were all in agreement there. But let's jump over to third base and do another veteran versus young buck. In fact, it's on Dozier's team. It's Justin Turner, who's actually really gotten going of late. So um, I, I know that that skews it a little bit, but it's still his bottom line isn't where isn't where we'd want it. Justin, I'm going to start with you. Actually, you know what? It's a lot better than I thought it was. I didn't realize he was all the way back up to 9.05. Wow, Justin Turner. Oh, right. Well, I may have sold him short. You know what? I'm still going to leave it, though. Because, uh, well, we can do this one at cost because it will be such a difference in cost. Do you want to pay top dollar for 34-year-old Justin Turner? Or do you want to go post-hype bargain bin on Raphael Devers, Justin? Yeah, give me the discount on Devers. Uh, I I know it's been ugly, and we didn't see the best of him this year, but I I believe in the prospect pedigree. I believe what I've seen when I've watched him, uh, and I just don't trust Justin Turner's health. Another year older, uh, how how often? Seventy three games. Yeah, just especially if you're playing in deeper formats. Uh, If you're playing shallower formats, I guess you go for for Turner, but. In a deeper format, give me the guy that I think will stay in the field all year in that Boston offense. Bogman, how do you feel? I, I know you guys have talked about – you talk a lot about the uh, those Boston prospects with Benintendi and Devers. And, again, he just didn't make the grade this year. And uh, just another great example of the adage prospect growth isn't linear and now dealing with an injury that uh, kind of adds insult to injury there – or no, injury to in- – I'm an idiot. But anyway – Age 21 season did not go well, but still managed 16 homers and five steals in 102 games. So you can even still take a few positives from it and say, hey, there, you can see the glimpses of the skill. And again, this is definitely a cost-based one because uh, I, I hadn't realized. I was kind of looking at the player rater, and obviously the counting numbers are why Justin Turner's 29th and, Dever- and Devers is 30th, by the way. So that's why I thought they were closer. I knew Turner was on a streak, but dang, I didn't realize he'd actually gotten his numbers back to where they belong. But there will be a big cost disparity. Who would you rather go for, Turner or Devers? I don't know that there will be oh. uh, be, because Turner is going to be, and this, this is what comes with experience is Turner is going to be the guy that everyone looks at and goes, nah, he was banged up last year. And the year before that, he only put up 70 and, and uh, 72 and 71. He's 34. He's going to be the guy that's at the top of your board yeah, for a long just time. Stays there. You just yes. keep passing him. You're like, if he's there next round, I have to take him. <laughs> if he's I there in four rounds, I'm going to do it, guys. Why right. is Justin Turner still here? What's everyone's problem? Do not. Right. That's, that's the guy. So I don't think it, it, there's going to be a huge difference. Oh, that's fair. That's a, that's a perfectly fair point. Well, so with that in mind, then does that sway you over to Turner, or do you still want to go for the upside of Devers in the heart of that lineup? Obviously, they'll both be in the heart of strong lineups, so that's not necessarily a major consideration. But w- where does that put you then if you believe that the price will be closer between the two? Well, I don't like taking my risk early in general, except this year when I took Josh Donaldson in the third round of every draft. And boy, yeah, did that pay out for me? I thought that was a great pick, man. I really I mean, did. At least you I, I was excited. The next round. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Carlos that one Martinez. I didn't like as much. I don't like guys first year in a big deal, but I obviously I didn't know that he was going to just melt yeah. that. Please, one. please rub it in a little more. Uh, yeah. It, so, it. it didn't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I think that I'm going to look for upside a little bit later in the draft and, and where these guys are going to come off the board, it's going to be a little bit later. So I think that I'm going to lean towards Devers in that great, 
uh, Boston lineup, that good ballpark. Plus, he's not a Dodger. So uh, I think that's that really the big factor. For They're me, both so. from Arizona. They are Diamondbacks fans. Welsh, I believe you've been a Devers honk in the past. Correct me oh, if yeah. I'm wrong. I know Ben Intendi's been one of your guys, but are you are you big on both Boston guys, and are you taking Devers here? Yeah, Devers was the first time I got into when I, I started uh, the – I have a Prospect podcast, Prospect One. Prospect One. We will yeah. link it. Don't worry. Thank you very much. Uh, when I when I first started that, Devers was still a prospect. And one of the biggest things I got chirped about a lot was I was higher than anybody on Devers. And it was just something I believed in. And that year, Devers had an atrocious start to the season. Really, really bad. But then he was able to turn that around. And that was a big thing, like if you're evaluating prospects that you're looking for is how can how are players going to rebound from bad starts? How are they going to, you know, uh, go through these bumps? And that was something that really jumped out to me, where he's able to bring his average back up to, I think it was 280 or 300. I think Raphael, Raphael Devers is going to have a prime, prime fantasy season sometime in the next three years. And I mean, that's, you know, who big saying that. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know how long it's going to take. But I, I think Raphael Devers is a guy that could get into, like, third round value at some point. I do I like what, I do like what Bogman said that I kind of think these guys are going to be relatively sim similar. Yahoo, Rafael Devers was 75 overall this year, by the way. So one thing that's going to happen with Devers is I think a lot of people are going to feel burned. So they're going to be like, I'm not going to touch Devers. I was able to get, you know, Mike Moustakis in the hundreds, uh, Castellanos in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I mean, he wouldn't say Jake Lamb anymore, but, you know, guys like that. <laughs> Chapman was dirt cheap and he killed it. Yeah. How about Matt Carpenter, who's probably qualifying a couple places, especially. In I Dallas. was on him all year. I, ne I never backed yeah, we, down. We don't you know, talk he had, about Matt Carpenter. No, Matt, <laughs> Justin and I, we were just like, hey, don't worry we about We brought it up with Colette. We so. love Matt Carpenter. You know yeah. what? It was Colette's fault, by the way. Since he's not here, I think we can let's all blame him. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have the same shoulder injury. My name's Jason. Co no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like UCF. <laughs> oh, I've been hurt before. UCF's the national champion. What's They're going on with Whataburger? Let's go to Whataburger, guys. It's like he's here. Yeah. Hey, guys, I just got off an airplane. Woo, am I tired? Uh, <laughs> what I would say... We're setting up, by the way, we've set this up and Jason has confirmed we're going to do, if you remember, Spore, we're going to do first Maybe. Twitch, first do Twitch it. at Whataburger where uh, Colette and Bogman are going to live eat Whataburger products and uh, I might even yes, join them. So. Let me ask you a little something here. Let's a little. Let's face it a little bit more. Whataburger versus in and out Bogman, I'm going to start with you. Whataburger, not close. I love you so much. Welsh, go ahead. It's not even remotely close. We actually did uh, on one of our, our insider program. You know, we program. have it out here. It's like I know. 10 minutes yeah. away from Whataburger. So, and I have both as well. We did uh, a uh, a fast food bracket and Whataburger won. So, and, and we ran the bracket. I need so that bracket sent to me. I have to show it to a certain <laughs> someone I may or may not be dating. Uh, Justin. <laughs> I've, never had, I've never had Whataburger. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're, 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 you're withheld. All right. The, you know, look, look. If it's if you can make it out here and stay with me, if that helps, I don't know if it would, but uh, either this year or next year, whenever we're going. So he's going, you he's going to be go. out there next year. This yeah, year, I'll, I'll be go. out there next year. I won't this... speak for every, everything, but he can't. But next year, he will be there. It is a guarantee. It's, it's, okay. it's what a burger, and it's Rafael Devers. You're always going for upside. <laughs> you may know that you've got floor with In and Out and Justin Turner. But guess what? At the end of the day, I'm going to go with the upside of Whataburger, and I'm going to get me a side of Rafael Devers. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, let's jump into the first of two cross-positional ones. And I, I went cross-positional because I just thought the talent uh, matched a little bit better, particularly with this first guy, Chris oh. Bryant. I didn't think that the third baseman that we're going to use on the next one matched as well. So that's why I went cross cross positional here. Chris Bryant versus Carlos Correa. I understand that Welsh is uh, definitely orgasming at just hearing this both. Just of them. Hurts. So this is very difficult for him to hear that they both had bad years this year. So I will start with you, Welsh, because I know you've been a big fan of both, particularly Chris Bryant. He's been one of your guys uh, way back in his prospect days. And I'm sure it was tough to see uh, to see him not really perform quite to the level that we expected and then of course get hurt i don't think it can all be blamed on the injury because if you look at the numbers that he had it's not bad you can't look at an 854 ops at any point and say that's not very good but you know everyone was dogging him for the rbis last year which i thought was dumb by the way i you know I, I just I don't get too hung up on that and are a down RBI season. I, I, I was buying in on him big time. Uh, happy to get him late first round, early second, anywhere I could. And it just didn't work out. Correa is a guy that I'm going to keep buying for like probably the next five years. If it, even if it doesn't quite all coalesce, I still think there's like top five player upside. So I really like both these guys. Injuries really bit them. Correa's line was actually pr- has been pretty poor though, too. 249, 330, 432. So you can actually talk about the line and the injury, whereas Bryant is more just the injury, whereas his line kind of held up. But who do you like next year the most, Welsh? God, this one is so brutal to me. And these are both like my guys. I have big defendants of both of these players, whether it was Dynasty or Head to Head or Roto or whatever it is. I tend to always own shares of both of these players because I think the skill set on both of these guys is at an elite level. Hey, shocker, Sorry. breaking news. Like, you know, I'm breaking <laughs> news here. Correa and Brian. Great analysis. Good. They're Guess good what, players. everybody? Good night, sleeper. Oh, yeah, you got your them. news. Didn't know that they were like Justin kept saying they were bad players. I had to have you guys on to to let him know. Yeah, well, that hard hitting stuff you get over it in this league. You get the duck jokes and you get Cray and Brian are good players. So, um, I want to say here's one concerning thing here. Like I'm actually flip flopping as you were speaking and as I'm speaking right now. One of the things that is relatively concerning to me is how Houston treats these stolen bases and how like I think Correa is a 20 stolen base potential guy every single year. But the the suppression of stolen bases that Houston has, just because that lineup is so dynamic, they really don't need to press their players and push for injury. But, you know, this day and age, a shortstop that's had four stolen bases in two seasons combined is a little bit of a problem. Now, it's not like Chris Bryant is out here stealing left and right, but, you know, they are going to experiment a little bit with him moving in the outfield, which I wonder if, you know, he would want to press a little bit more. Maybe that keeps him if he, I don't know, maybe he plays left field and he's out, um, you know, he's not uh, dealing with so many injuries that, you know, maybe he's going to be stealing a little bit more. Madden is a little bit more prone to that. I'm the answer I'm going to give you at the end of the day. This really hurts because I think both of these players are neck and neck. And it has been one of the big things that I I think why the second round is going to be so dynamic in 2019, because both of these players are going to sit in it and people are going to be able to construct these incredible teams if you do it right next year. And I think Correa and Bryant are the centerpiece of your second round. And I think they'll be neck and neck. But I am going to go with Correa because I, I I think you just said it. He's got top five fantasy potential. I know Bryant is in that range. I love the guys around him. And the premium position at shortstop just makes me lean just that ever so on Correa. And I do think 
if we look at them both just, you know, as a whole of where they are right now, I think Correa is going to have the biggest return to form next season over Bryant, where we see Bryant and Rizzo kind of continuously battling in some of these struggles. And there's so much lineup mismatch that um, that Madden can do with it. Correa at shortstop all the time, centerpiece of that offense. I'm going to go with Correa. And you look, there's also a three-year difference. Justin, I'll, I'll ask you the same, of course, between Bryant and Correa. I agree. Uh, you you just started to send out the first email for your two early mocks. I honestly cannot wait to see where these guys go coming off the uh, coming off down seasons for them, especially on expectations, because even if they both had sparkling Septembers, the volume just wouldn't be there. So there's really no way to avoid the down season tag for both, and yet – I think everyone understands the skills that they have. Where would you lean between Correa and Bryant next year, Justin? I think it's going to be Bryant for me, and I don't know that it's going to be particularly close. Uh, oh, if, if do tell. If people remember, I was down on Correa coming into the year because of the stolen base issue. Uh, not only do we have that kind of backed up, even in the small sample, we also now have two straight seasons with injury. Mm-hmm. And that is I'm, concerning. I'm wondering if this is going to become a trend with Correa, uh, that scares me. Hard contact was down uh, drastically this year for Correa. Uh, Bryant, a lot of his numbers are pretty much in line. I just think he was never really healthy, and I think he come, if he comes into healthy next season, then he'll be fine, and uh, and we'll see a guy who is a border round, uh, borderline first-round pick. So it's... Uh, I'm, I've got a lot more concerns with Correa staying on the field than I do with Bryant, so I think it's Bryant for me. It's worth remembering that Chris Bryant does have a Rookie of the Year and an MVP under his belt. And then last year, when he supposedly had a down season because of the 73 ribbies, he had a 946 OPS, which was a career high after the Rookie of the Year and MVP. So just putting that out there, down to 854 this year also, on a rehab assignment. Have you seen his, his eyes? eyes? They're marbles, dude. Like, come on, you get <laughs> lost right. in them. You can't even. You can't. Even I'm just making sure that's you at least can. worth like thirty. All of the Welsh's points. team names are experimenting with Chris Bryant. So <laughs> <laughs> there is a Photoshop of me, by the way. It's like Chris Bryant in the dugout with like some woman, and someone photoshopped my face on it, and it's this really <laughs> dumb that. smiley face. I'll have I to tweet that, that out. And I've completely I, yes. accepted it. I've completely. I, accepted I need it. that immediately. Boggs, uh, wh- where are you at here? This one's a close one. I, I think I got to go with Chris Bryant here. Uh, oh. the, the injury stuff that uh, the Welsh or that uh, Justin mentioned. And I think that Bryant is probably going to win three of the five categories outright. I think he's going to win homers, RBIs, and runs. That's uh, run, runs will be a little close. Uh, stolen bases will be close now that they're not running in Houston. And average could be close. So I think he's just going to flat out win those. I know that shortstop it is... Uh, more shallow than third base, but Chris Bryant also has multiple position eligibility. It, it's not as bad as it used to be, for sure. So Hang on. I'm just texting Chris Bryant that the Welsh is <laughs> cheating on I, you and doesn't love you please don't any more. But Justin, on, don't I tell that. and Bogman still do love you, sweetie. Bye. And I'm sorry, what you do is real quick. We we got it. Someone has to Photoshop a picture of the Welsh getting proposed to by Carlos Correa. No, because you know, that's your new guy. <laughs> you know what we need? The double is proposal. The distracted boyfriend meme. Oh yeah, yeah, Welsh yeah. That's holding Brian's hand and that, Correa walking by. That makes by. me sad. You know, can I ask you guys something real quick? Because um, you two, Justin and Paul, 
way smarter than us idiots. If people, if people, if you want to, we are the layman's uh, sleeper in the bus over at in this league. Jokes. Yeah, a lot of duck jokes. A lot jokes. of duck jokes. A lot of yeah. good jokes. A lot of gaping. Well, holes okay, over there. yeah, yeah, gaping holes. If you want to laugh, like that's what we are. But we're dumber. That's just where it is, and that's fine. And we're gonna work it at a different from angle. But no, I want to say this though is that Bogman said something that. I feel like we don't focus enough on because we get very granular into statistics and we get into launch angles and BAPIP and, and all that's great and all that's fine. And it, and it, it narrates us a story, but at the end of the day, you could sometimes simply look at something and say, well, this guy's going to win three of those two, ca- those five categories. You know, there, there are two yeah, categories that are left on the floor count categories. Yeah. And I, and, and I feel like we don't actually sit down and talk about that enough. I feel like it's just, we, we have to get our right, average and, and check out percentage and da, da, da. at the end of the day, we do want to sit down and look and like, where am I going to win my categories? And, and, uh, it, it's a stupid low level type of comment. But when Bogman said it, I was like, actually, you know what? Yeah, you're kind of right. At the end of the day, I may like the position, um, that I'm getting from Korea. And I think statistically they could be relatively close, but uh, if I'm going to get three of my five categories from Chris Bryant, we got to kind of take that. So I, I just wanted to point that out, that it's something I don't feel like we actually ever look at enough. I, I agree. I, I think it can honestly be a sweep. Bryant could sweep all five, too. And I love Correa. So I'm really, really torn on this one. This is something where I could see myself in a 15-team league go at, at picking at the wheel and taking them 15-16, Bryant Correa. That's how much I like him, even though I know you guys had some distance. I'm still sticking with Correa as somebody I really like, but I am going to I am gonna favor Bryant That's here still just wheel, a little bit. For Correa and Bryant, if you were like a 12-man and you could go 12-13 or like you just said, oh, my God, if you were in a 16-man or, or if I you're in a I think you might be able to. Oh, at 15. 15, 16, hell yes. I really and, think and, you might be able to. And, and Welsh, uh, like, I caught you just calling me simple, by the way. Like, I understand <laughs> that you just said that. Blatantly. <laughs> so, blatantly said, just so you know, Bogman is simple. Let's, let's, uh, but yeah. to, hey, look, uh, you know, uh, uh, t- taking shortstops make his eyes rain over here. Uh, just uh, Simple Jack just figured this out for us. Oh. Look at, fr- from the mouth of babes. Uh, comes some logic over here. No, I, I understand what you the just theme, said. By the way, so. it's like, is the me, Tom Cruise, and you're Dustin Hoffman going down the elevator? That'll be <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. At let's the bottom of the, the elevator, the span you take. We've got enough, uh, another cross positional one here. And uh, it's, a, it's one of them is a guy we, we did mention a little bit earlier, but it's uh, going to be Corey Seeger versus Josh Donaldson. Bogman, I'm going to start Skip with it. you. You mentioned Skip it. I don't want to uh, do it. <laughs> well, because it's a Dodger and a guy who burned you. So I understand that. Uh, again, I loved the Donaldson. I, I loved where his draft value was this year. I was all in on that as well. Got a, got a couple shares myself and obviously had to deal with the slog that this year's been. Of course, Seager went down early with the Tommy John. Uh, injuries have been a bit of an issue. He's had a little bit of nagging injuries and obviously some big injuries as well. So I am curious on these two. They're both going to drop down from where they're where they're this year but uh who do you like you can go back to the well with donaldson uh okay so Corey seager is going to wind up being the opposite of justin turner where justin turner is going to fall and fall and fall and no one's going to wind up taking him and uh they're gonna say he's old and he's not that good and blah 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 Corey Seager is going to be the opposite of that, I think. And I'm really curious to see this with the early mocks where Corey Seager winds up mean? going. I think he's going to go high. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's still nah, going I to agree. go high because I, think I completely are, agree. He's young and people are still going and he's What's in the middle. We've been overrating him for days. What's high? high. Fourth mm-hmm. round. 
Yeah, it's no in a 15 way. teamer. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Justin, tell me you're with me on this. No way. He shouldn't, but he will. I, we oh, did, over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits, we did uh, dynasty ranks, top 25 dynasty ranks, and I had two people from my site who I then promptly fired who put <laughs> Seeger in their top 25. Okay, I'm wait, wait. You. Gene Segura or Corey Seeger next year? Who goes first? Segura. Well, Segura should. No, Seeger goes first. I, go, I, that's, I, that's ridiculous. I think they go what about the same spot. Yeah, they might. They're going to go pretty similarly, but I think more often than not, you're going to see Seager ahead. That people have been overrating Seager from the jump, and and I'm just, he's he's a good hitter. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend he's not a really good hitter with with some legitimate, uh, substantial upside. But I feel like he's been overrated from Jump Street, and despite he has nine missing, stolen bases since 2015. He's he's a power and average guy, which is good, but also not. The not hardest special anymore in fantasy. Exactly. And so um, I, I still think people are waiting for some growth, too. And I, I don't know. Is this is there really like a 35 homer upside there? I mean, I guess not on a perfect he can't world. play 100 games during the season. Exactly. So give me the 10, 25, uh, 280 of Segura, to be quite honest. And I think Seattle will continue to be a capable team. I don't know that they're going to be uh, great by any stretch, but I don't see a teardown. Uh, DePoto will make 52 more trades this offseason to keep them again at least kind of as a 500 clip so i think it'll be a, a modest offense you know mediocre mid-pack offense that will keep segura in some good runs as well so i would want segura and i'll take him at a cheaper price but i i bet you i bet you seager has a higher adp and it might even be by a significant margin which would 100%. be percent which would be so crazy. i i guess uh, i feel like spore put this together so i would have to take josh donaldson this is great i did I so, didn't set it up really, didn't I? I'm You're still going, going to take Donaldson? I'm still going to, because he's going to fall. He, he's going to be the opposite of Seager. He's right. going to fall, and Seager will not. So you I can get nothing? Josh Donaldson around eight or nine. You weren't nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, they, to be honest, there's going to be zero shares of both of these guys. But. Well, yeah, that, that's that's probably the real answer here for, for I, I would think, the, the entire group here. Okay. But, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why are people going to make excuses? I, I only have one answer to this, so please tell me if there's another one. Why is everyone going to make the excuses for Corey Seager, and why are they not going to make the excuse, the same excuse for Josh Donaldson and 30. them have similar uh, ADPs? Is 30, it only 30. age? Yes, because fantasy baseball is remarkably ageist. Uh, uh, without fail. Because yeah, he's a yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I, I think they're within 10 spots of each other. I think Donaldson and Seeger are within 10 I will spots bet of each you other. Anything you want that that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, I'll bet you they're within. Uh, you can't 15. change it. 15. 15. 15. Yeah, <laughs> this, is what, this is what it 20 spots time. of each other. They're within the 20 time. spots of each other. <laughs> they're drafted in the same draft. I guarantee 100 <laughs> spots. They will be both drafted. Uh, I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, Welsh, where are you going then? Seager Donaldson. Wait, so Bogman said out loud in public that he would take Josh Donaldson again next year, right? I mean, he said between the two, of course. And here's the thing, too. Donaldson could come back and put a little bit on paper and finish the season on the field, which which could definitely uh, get him some you know energy. We could feel good about him a little bit. And then if he goes to a favorable situation, we'll have a whole winter to kind of convince ourselves of you know how excited we were to take him last year. That's kind of your best case scenario for what you're trying to say, that they'll go similarly, is if he had a strong finish, if he does get back on the field for the Jays, finishes strong, and then goes to a favorable spot, then people will talk themselves into it. But I still think that the age 33 versus age 25 is going to be enough alone 
to keep them more than 10, 15, and maybe even the 20. But you, your first one was 10, so I'm holding you to that. One. <laughs> I, um, if Josh Donaldson is on an AL team, I think I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable about taking Josh Donaldson here. I want him to have a, a little bit of a, um, of a safety net and being able to DH here. I, I got to be honest with you. I kind of want to take Corey Seager because if there's one you thing would. the guy's had, well, if there's one thing the guy's had is two years of rest. He hasn't played in two years. <laughs> he's had a lot of rest. So I would have to say the guy's had all the opportunity to really recover. So I don't know about Josh Donaldson, especially like I think he's getting traded on Friday. I think the, so? the Friday move is going to happen. I do. I think he's going to be traded to, uh, I mean, my team is still the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals make a move and bring him in. I think uh, it's just that move in the offseason, really. Toronto would be complete morons if they didn't make this move. And I also think Josh Donaldson in the offseason is going to make a move to first base, which is going to help his health. God, I am really, really torn on this one. You know what? I'm going to not go with you guys and think that these guys are going to be top 50 players. And I'm I'm going to go Corey Seager because I think he's going to be I think he might actually after two years of rest of two years of slumber and hibernating, he might finally be able to rise from his cave and play some baseball. So I'm going to go Corey Seager, assuming he's outside the top 50, but I'm probably wrong. Justin, I got you uh, lined up here with the Dodger again as well. And I know that they're a hated ball club for you as well. Are you going to eschew the Dodger or are you going to go Donaldson? Yeah, it's Donaldson. It's not close. And, And where do you think the price price points will be for the two? I think I think Seager is going to be remarkably higher. Oh. He, he's 24 years old. People are going to think that you know he's had, he had a year to rest. Yeah. Uh, he's going to come back healthy. Uh, I think we all forget that there was always talk that he was going to move off a of shortstop. Anyways, he's had serious back issues. Yes. Uh, I, I don't want to have anything to do with Corey Seager uh, at any price, much less at the price that he'll be going at. Donaldson 65, Seager is 75 overall. Who do you take? Oh, if Seager's cheaper? Mm-hmm. Seager's Man. cheaper, I'd probably take Seager. I might, too. Despite sharing Justin's uh, concerns to a T, I think, uh, yeah, I, don't I want, might just... I don't want either. Man. Yeah, yeah I I, mean, I, I, that's the real answer, but if you're being forced to pick, then I do think I would take a cheaper Seager uh, versus Donaldson there. Yeah. I think so. So, yeah, that one's going to be a really interesting one, too. I, uh, I think a lot of these guys that I picked with Justin's uh, upcoming drafts in mind because I'm going to be excited to see where they all go because, again, they had disappointing seasons against expectations, and it's going to be really interesting. Let's jump to the outfield with two former teammates. Uh, One got shipped off, and uh, the other's still hanging out there with his busted-ass shoulder, and it's Tommy Pham versus Marcelo Zuna. Justin, uh, between these two guys, with uh, Pham still, he's going to be then in in Tampa Bay for a full year, and hopefully Ozuna can get his shoulder right with an offseason to kind of recuperate where do you put these two guys oh man i feel like i'm gonna die on this hill because i keep saying it over and over again this season man, but I, I, that that fan breakout man. i feel is coming and uh the potential for him it's only to september be, yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the potential well, for him to be a five category player is just it is just too tantalizing for me not to take tommy fam not that i don't think ozuna will bounce back if he's healthy coming in next year but I just think the upside on Fam is so great that I want him. Plus, yeah, I, I think th- he'll be cheaper. I, th- I think I agree with that, with that for sure. Um, I'm going to go for Fam because I think he's also going to be cheap. Although they they could be really close. I, I think these two could be really close. Welsh, Fam versus Ozuna, where you at? Yeah, by the way, we may have already seen that breakout season. It was 2017. So just you know, That's to true. consider that 23 homers but, and 25 stolen bases for this guy may have been 
his pinnacle season that we're always chasing for. But everything you guys just said, probably because of cost, I would go with Tommy Pham. Also, because I'm getting those stolen bases, I think from an average standpoint, I'm a little bit safer with Pham uh, from a well, Tampa Bay. It's a whole thing. I don't know. I, I think Tommy Pham is the guy here, just simply because I don't need to chase the stolen bases like I would with Ozuna. And the same thing we just said about Pham of maybe we had that pinnacle season. We may have, we may be for the next three years, we might be chasing 2017 with Marcel Ozuna. They're both. And yeah. I don't yeah. want to chase Ozuna's season over Fam because at least Fam is going to give me a half decent average. He's probably going to hit at the middle of the lineup in uh, Tampa Bay. He's going to score me some runs. He's going to steal some bases and he's going to hit some homers. So, yeah, I'll go with Tommy Fam. Boggs sweeping it. Yeah, and I think that Fam will go ahead of Ozuna in a lot of drafts. I think people are going to look at Ozuna's overall numbers and say, well, 2017 was clearly the outlier, and uh, I'm just not going to invest in him where I can get this guy over here who could uh, put up you know, a 2020 season with no problem. So I think so that— In our drafts, because we're all going to do that. So you're, you're right. probably right to that end, um, and especially because Fam is more likely to end the season on the field, whereas Ozuna's season could realistically be done. I know he's on the only, on, only on the 10-day DL right now, but that shoulder's been bothering him all year. He has right. one of the worst stat cast arms out there showing very clearly that that shoulder has been a, an issue all year. So uh, you're right. That, that is, that is very possible. I would still take a more expensive fam though. Would it change anything by the way? It's not like the Cardinals don't have a ton of outfielders that they can keep bringing up and right. putting up stats and guys like Bader and Tyler O'Neill. Do you think the Cardinals make a move? And what if our Marcelo Zuna finds himself in a brand new spot? Does that change anything for anybody? I don't, I don't know think, that I don't think he gets traded. Even if it, it did, depends though, I don't know that it can too. improve it. I don't know that it can improve his situation because I actually think they're going to have a pretty decent offense next year with a full year of Bader, a full year of O'Neal, uh, Paul DeYoung, if he can stay healthy. I think he'll be at least a plus bat, let's say like a 110, 115 WRC plus. Jose Martinez, good hitter. So I think that'll be a decent lineup. I don't know that they could improve his situation at, at all. So no, I'm still sticking with Fam. Uh, I have another one in the outfield. This one is, I, I think this is one of the key battles and I want to see where both of these guys go. Byron Buxton versus roster spot open. <laughs> well, I'm start with you. Damn you, Spore. Damn you, Would you, you rather just go with four outfielders or take Byron Buxton? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I probably, if I get open a spot. whiff, open spot. Open spot. if I get a whiff of positive news about Buxton and his opportunity next year, you Last pick in a draft, her. I might consider Byron Buxton. At this point, it's open roster spot, and some of us have probably been treating it like a uh, open roster spot, holding him on a bench in uh, 16 AL only. It's not saying that it's me or anything, but <laughs> I would say I could fall into the trap of a lot of the same things we talked about with uh, Yamankata now, mm -hmm. because this is going to be a 25-year-old dude. I think I'm going to fall into a tiny bit of a trap of Byron Buxton, but I, I swear to God, it's going to have to be like bottom two picks in a draft of where I'm doing it. Otherwise, no that. thanks. I, I hope I hope he comes up and does something in September to fool all you clowns again. <laughs> Justin, uh, <laughs> you ranked open roster spot pretty high coming into the year, and it's a, open roster spots had a pretty decent season. Pretty good. But, uh, too. You, would you rather take ORS or uh, or Buxton? 
No joke, I typed open roster spot into Fangraphs, and it came up with Jim Spots, who was born in 1909 and died in 1964. He was a catcher Rip. for the Phillies in 1930. Oh, my God. That's uh, amazing. He, he had a triple slash of 0-0-0 on <laughs> two plate appearances over three games. He Still scored better a run, than Buxton. Still, Still better, better than, than what Buxton. Buxton did this year. Yep, <laughs> scored that run. So, uh, I mean, yeah, well, we kind of talked about Buxton a little bit earlier. Obviously, this was the joke one. But uh, is there a scenario where you're taking him? Like, what, what, what price point do you, are you taking him at next year, Justin? I think if he's outside the top 200. Will okay. Be. I, I think, think that's possible. I mean, it's going to be. He it's stole gonna be, 29 bases last year. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's with <laughs> 16 like, homers. Welsh I don't know how I man. can say I will take a guy like Tim Anderson on my team because I'm looking for those 25 stolen bases that he put up this year and Dude. not take a cheaper Byron Buxton. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I hate that. Boggs, Buxton, you agree with these guys? You're taking them outside the top 200 or are you avoiding it altogether? Yeah, if I can get him late. I mean, my last pick in every draft this year was fucking Juan Manaya. So if I can get Byron Buxton instead, it's the same thing. It's just a guy that you cut at the end of your roster. Who cares? Fair enough. Pick. Fair enough. All right, so we're running a little bit long here. So I'm going to tell. You, I'm gonna say we have two SP ones. Uh, you guys tell me if you want to do one or two. Justin, do you want to do one or two? The, uh, the number two. one one or the two one? You want to do number two? Boggs, do you want to do the one or the two? Uh, I think they're both difficult. I'd rather do two. Okay, so two already wins. Welsh, don't care about your vote. So... Off to the side, Carlos Martinez, Chris Archer. In fact, I will say go listen to the most recent in this league with uh, with Matt Modica because you guys did a lot of talk about Carlos Martinez. In fact, that can kind of fill the gap there. And let's go ahead and talk Robbie Ray versus Luis Castillo. And since we didn't take your vote on it, uh, on which one to choose, we will start with you, Welsh. Uh, these are two interesting guys, of course, uh, in, in y'all's backyard there with Robbie Ray. Uh, God, I, I'm so mad that I fell into groupthink with him. Obviously, I did not see the season being this bad. I'm not trying to say that and pretend I knew that he was going to be like this. But I, I ranked him. What do you mean, bad? He's three and two. Come on. Oh, that's true. It's a pretty good record. <laughs> I, I I ranked him with the kind of groupthink in the top 20, banking on the strikeouts, which have still been there, by the way. He has an 11.7 K9 uh, here with 111 in 86 innings. But – I was not confident that he would be a sub-four guy, and so I should have just gone with my gut. That's one of the ones in the pitcher ranks. I'm usually pretty good about just going with what I believe that I just kind of fell in the trap. I didn't draft him anywhere. It was one of those where I was disingenuous to my rankings. I would skip him every single time, and so that's a miss on my part. Luis Castillo, I ranked him perfectly. I was not that in on him. I never really talked about him. I barely paid any attention to him. I don't blame you for Luis Castillo at all, Paul, so that's good. No, nobody, nobody blames me for that. That's the best part. Uh, no, obviously, I love Luis Castillo, and it, it did not go well on really any level. He has kind of turned it around here a little bit in the second half, but homers are still a big issue for him. Even in this, even in the run that he's had here, where he's had a pretty good uh, eight start, nine start stretch, there are still two five run bombs and two homers in each of those. And so there is definitely still concern, but it's an alluring profile. You got a couple guys here with very alluring strikeout heavy profiles. Welsh, do you like Ray or Castillo for next year? Well, Robbie Ray did just hit 97 and a half on the radar gun Thursday night, gentlemen. So Robbie Ray is right down the middle either. Look at that. (laughs) Robbie Ray is back. Here's he did I'll pitch say. well against the Dodgers, by the way. Hats off to him. Five and a third, one run, four hits, two walks, nine punches. I will want 
no part probably of either one of these guys. But I think Robbie Ray is going to have burned so many people that I don't see a way that his pre-draft rank is higher than, I want to say, 125. They were going to say 150, and I'd have agreed with that. But yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's in that area, that 150. Remember like uh, this year, like guys like John Gray were kind of sitting yep. in that area. I'm trying to think of it like Jamison Tyon, like that type of area. I think Ray's going to sit in that area. Castillo's also going to sit in that area. I'm, I, You said it perfectly too, by the way. Like I'm super disappointed that I fell into some of the group think also with Robbie Ray. He was just like magnificent and, and tons of strikeouts. And, but in 218 strikeouts two years in a row, and I was just like, yeah, you'll at least get the strikeouts. He's but a I siren. didn't believe he'd be sub four. His strikeouts were his strikeouts were like a siren out on the ocean waters to yes. pirates and just singing a beautiful song and we all jump into the water. <laughs> get this we, treasure. Yeah, exactly. Strikeouts. I'm the captain now. I'm gonna ruin your ERA. And we all fell into it. And it's just what happens. His his cost next year is going to probably actually make it. Now that I'm thinking about it, he might end up becoming a target because a guy that's got that 200 plus strikeout potential that you can get in that 125 to 150 range is going to be exactly what you want to build a rotation around. Though I think how we build rotations next year is going to be drastically different than it was this year, at least in the earlier rounds. So I'm going to go with Robbie Ray here. It's not by a lot. And I think part of it is because both of their ADPs are going to be relatively close to each other. And I'd rather take that upside with Robbie Ray. Justin, Ray V. Castillo, where are you at? I know you liked Ray coming into the season. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad I led that group think um, for (laughs) Robbie Ray. So uh, I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to take Robbie Ray again. uh, And I think it has a lot to do with what Chris was talking about in terms of I think he is going to be ranked very, very lowly, and I think he's one of those guys that he, he is going to be like the uh, Josh or not Josh Gordon. The, um, uh, got <laughs> football, not. football in my mind. <laughs> the Todd um, Gurley, uh, D Gordon, or the uh, uh, Billy Hamilton of pitching, where he's a one category producer, and you're going to have to construct your team to put him on there. But he's going to get you so many strike strikeouts late that I think he's valuable in that sense, and as and there's still as, ratio upside. We saw it last year. So mm-hmm, you, you're, exactly. you're still getting it. It's almost your uh, batting average theory where you, you draft the skills around the batting average and you hope you can spike a good a good batting average. You're going to draft his strikeouts and hope you can spike a mid threes and a 125 because you would take that all the way to the bank for Robbie Ray. I, I get that point for sure. Uh, okay, Bogman, are you going to sweep it for Ray? I know you, I know you love your, uh, your deep hacks <laughs> there, but what do you think? He's a homer. Uh, no, yeah, he, he I'm, loves I'm a total me, though, homer, and, and I'm wants ab- to go with Castillo. I'm I'm absolutely going to take Ray because the these lat injuries f with these guys the entire season, and that's what he had early, early, early in the season. And I think it's been screwing with him the whole year. So I think the uh, rest in the off season is going to do him a lot of good. And I think we'll see. You know, I don't know if we're ever going to see 2017 Robbie Ray again. I don't think he's going to go 15 and five and uh, and all that stuff again. But I think that we will see a market improvement from 2018 to 2019. And with Luis Castillo, I mean, he's still got a ton of upside. But I, and to be honest, I might wind up with both these guys on my roster because oh. Castillo's so young. And that's the one time where we aren't that ageist. You know, we yeah. aren't that ageist no, for, with pitchers. Sure. Hey, how about uh, Robbie Ray versus you, Darvish Bogman? 
Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you, Darvish, and Josh Donaldson together on that one. So Ooh, a little, a little they're all gonna go in, in, and Billy Burns. It's a it's a tag team. <laughs> Billy Burns. I'm gonna take all Kevin those guys, is your guy. So. Um, you guys are jerks, and I'm gonna take <laughs> Luis Castillo, and uh, I don't oh. talk to you guys anymore. Now, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a scenario that's going to split the price up a little bit more. I feel like this is gonna be an abstract painting, but go ahead. Ray's going to continue to pitch well. He's had two really good starts in a row. He's going to have a brilliant September. He's going to have a couple good playoff games. He's going to skyrocket his price. You World clowns Series are all going to jump back in. You, yeah, fine, if that's what you want to believe. You Whatever. clowns are all going to jump back in. Meanwhile, I'm just going to take Luis Castillo at like pick 160 and uh, laugh all the way to the bank when I realize prospect growth isn't linear. He had to have a little consolidation season. The Luis Severino comps were accurate, and we should have just followed it to a T, meaning once you know, come in for the half-season sample, do great, suck the next year, and then become an ace the following year. Do I get partial credit for saying I take them both? I was about to say yeah. also, is that Luis Severino July comps? Yeah, Paul, <laughs> Paul, if you ever have kids, can you please let your wife do story time? <laughs> I dislike everybody on this podcast greatly. Okay. I, love you. I don't want I don't want to hear you guys besmirch the great name of Luis Castillo. I'm bringing Eno back on the pod. Let me call him right now. God, you guys are jerks. You got that athletic money? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the athletic has him locked up <laughs> in a, in a they got him on, somewhere. Yeah, they got him locked on a ten year deal. All right. Last one here. This is Dud versus the new stud. And, uh, you know, the king has has fallen a little bit here with Kenley Jensen. Man, there's a lot of Dodgers here. It's weird, too, because yeah, this was like problem? under the, um, you know, notion of disappointing seasons. And I guess that kind of explains why they're they're fighting the uphill battle, because despite having some fantastic seasons pop up, they've also had some pretty big disappointments. And, of course, Kenley Jansen, the king of the closers, um, has, has been been felled. By a couple, by a handful of guys, really. But then Edwin Diaz has taken the crown. I mean, he's got 50 saves already. He could chase down K Rod. And Justin, I wonder where you're going to go next year between Jansen and Diaz, assuming I make you buy one of them, because I think you're a guy who doesn't necessarily take saves early. But correct me if I'm wrong no, on I, that. I do. I, I, okay. I totally will. So would you jump in on uh, Jansen or Diaz next year? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I'll jump in on both. Uh, depending on you know where they're going to be going, and uh, like you've mentioned, uh, you know we'll have these mocks coming up here pretty quick to kind of set uh, in early ADP within the industry. Uh, but I think Jansen is going to be cheaper, uh, and I think people would be scared off from all the injury issues and then the heart issue, especially with uh, the heart. Yeah, cheaper and than Diaz, or just cheaper than he was this year? I think both of those things. I think he's oh. going to be cheaper Here's than this. Diaz, and I think he's going to be cheaper. Uh, than he was this last year. And so I'm going to take the discount on him. I actually think Justin's right because I think Edwin Diaz is going to go and say the 60s. And I think uh, Jansen's going to be in the would, 70s. Like, like I don't agree. I'm surprised to see Diaz go higher than the 60s. Gross. I, oh, God. I, I couldn't disagree Jansen anymore. Jansen was like a top 50 pick he this was, year. He was 36th. But that's Jansen after like several years of excellence. And so what I was kind of using as a guideline here, wasn't Chapman like a little wonky last year where people were like a little, little off kilter on him? He went 63rd. So that's kind of what I was using as, as a little bit of the guideline there. And I was 
figuring that people will be a little bit more worried about Jansen than they were about Chapman this year. So I bounced it back another 10 picks to 70. And I think Diaz will be 60s or higher. But I, I don't think he can get all the way up to that number one closer of 36 because that was actually a high watermark from what we've even seen in the past. Usually the first closer off the board is around pick 40, 45. To, to that end, Kimbrell was 45th on average. I think that's the highest you could really see Diaz go, which would still be quite a bit higher than Jansen, though. So Welsh. Diaz or Jansen? Uh, um, <laughs> this year, I wanted no part of the early closers. Like, I don't like the thought of investing a like a 35th overall pick in a closer or a 50th pick or a 60th pick makes me throw up in my mouth. I hate the idea of that. But Diaz was prime. He was prime. The 80s, 90s, 100s in that area. Um, if things had not gone awry or uh, he wasn't a scumbag, Roberto Ozuna fell into that territory of like the Edwin Diaz is in yep. that like middle territory of closers. Ken Giles, kind of the same thing. Maybe also an argument for taking those higher closers, which I bet would be an argument that someone would make on here. I think I'm going to be primed to take Kenley Jansen. I could see both of them, but I don't think Kenley Jansen is going to go below Edwin Diaz. I know statistically wow. it's warranted, but you guys just sat on here and we went through three different debates where we talked about a player that hasn't played for two years and you're saying he's <laughs> because he's young, he's going yeah, to be super, super high. Whoever had yeah, but I don't care. Saves. Kenley Jansen was going in the the top 40 this year yeah. because he was so amazing. The best closer we've seen in years in 2016, he struck at 104 with a 1.8 ERA and had 47 saves. Is everybody going to just forget that because they're closers, but yet Corey Seager is Corey Seager going to go higher than Kenley Jansen. Get yes. out of here with that mess. That's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to quit fantasy happen. baseball. No, you're and I'm going to go talk about Ozarks. I'm going to do a podcast no. about Ozark season two. That's what actually I, I, I'm excited about Ozark season two. Yeah, I am with the link to that. I've heard good things I think about it that show. Just dropped. I think it dropped. All right, Bob. So I'm going to go Kenley Jansen because I think his cost will be higher uh, or lower than it was last year and more affordable for me. And I think uh, people will be down on him. And I hope Edwin Diaz is higher than Kenley Jansen because I'll take my Jansen shares. Boggs, I got you with another Dodger lined up here. Jansen V. Diaz. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'll take the answer is whoever's cheaper. And, okay. and apparently we're having an argument about that. I think that Diaz is going to have 60 saves this year. He's going to mm. go ahead of Jansen. Uh, he also doesn't have a heart issue. So I think that there's just no way that Diaz doesn't go ahead of Jansen. And I understand the Welsh's thought process behind it. But with the stupid closers, nobody cares about anything except the saves. And, uh, you know, Diaz has a chance to set the record for the most saves in his season this year. And they don't care if his arm falls off. They're just going to let him do it. So uh, people are going to see that and go, well, the guy had the most saves ever last year. Why, why wouldn't I want that guy? So uh, I, I think Diaz know. is the third closer. I think he's the third closer pre-ranked on majority just of one sites. Or two. It's him or Kimbrell. Nice. I think Kimbrell's number two. Okay. I uh, we'll see. I mean, where's, where's Blake trying to fit in this mix? Mm. Off it. Yeah. How dare you guys? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, lo I love it's going to be right Blake next Trinan. to Brad Foxberger. Oh. oh, ew. No, he's not. I think, I think fire Trinan, player weekend. At, uh, I think trying is going to be like a top five closer. I, I mean, I oh, can see that serious? happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm right. All anybody cares about is the number of saves. When well, he's right-handed, Zach year. Britton too, and look where Zach Britton used to go when he was healthy. I, I, 
You know, I, the I most avoided closer for me of all the closers then, because if <laughs> he is top five, time. hell no. Hell no. Why not? No, what I'm does, not going to spin a top five closer. No, no, I don't believe in it. I don't believe Why? it. Why? He'll take four tier four closers. He's Blake and Trent, no and because one. he has an E before I, and I was taught it's I before E. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good reason. I got to be But then he had, oh, wait, no, he doesn't. That's a great reason. It's a... It, Completely impeccable reason here. Um, with Oakland, so starting dating back to last year, 104 innings, 138 ERA, uh, 102 whip, 131 strikeouts, 74 hits. What the hell aren't you believing? I just I don't think the cost is going. Like it's not about like he's not going to perform well. I think he could probably perform. He well. think I think closers are worth their price. No, I don't think that they're okay. worth a top 80 pick in in fantasy drafts because guess what. Blake Trenin wasn't taken in the top 100. He was 183rd preseason on yep. Yahoo. He was he was he Edward was down was there. 94. Yeah. So you can try to find the next one of that. Is, is training going to go ahead of Chapman next year, Spore? In some leagues, yes. It, honestly, I, I oh, bet I he won't in 90%. I bet Chapman it, still it goes. Depends, it depends on me. if Chapman comes back healthy. Bingo. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is I think it doesn't even matter he if he comes back healthy. Even though he's looked so bad this year. I mean, he still has a 2-1-1 ERA. It's not that horrible. And 31 saves. So, I mean. It, yeah. Uh, I just think that the upside with Chapman and all those strikeouts and everything, yeah. I think people are just still going to be that uh, works for chubbed me. up Good. about Chapman. T- take Chapman. I will gladly take. I will gladly take Trine, and I, I'm very excited about uh, Blake Trine. I think he's. I think that, by the way, spot. if we do a second edition of our uh, player debate book, I think I think Trine versus Chapman is like prime. I love that one for next year. Yeah, I, I like it too. I'll take Chapman. You can have Trine. I'll take Chapman too. Gladly, because I'm going to get him cheaper too. So I'm going to get good. the better guy and cheaper. That's well, not it. Not if he's top five. <laughs> well, no, because it's going to be Diaz. Save it for the book. These are the arguments. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah Spore, we'll okay. have you write I'm this in. one. We'll no, I'm in. Minutes. I'll write the entire thing. Don't even give me anyone to battle. Again. Sell 11. So. Okay, no, no, yeah, no Spore, don't worry. We're gonna, we're, this is a preview. We're going to sell more based on this. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our player debates. Let's get into the AFL here because I know that everyone on this call is excited. Even though Justin can't join us, I think everyone's excited about the AFL. Let's just start with Vlad. Okay, uh, we're also going to each kind of pick two guys that we're really excited to see or at least read about. Sorry, Justin, or watch on TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love watching TV. You Don't can worry, we'll get mistakes for each other again, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I figured, you know, n- let's not make anyone waste a pick on Vlad. I'm, by waste, I mean because we're going to talk about him anyway. So let's just open with Vlad. And I am going to open with the guy who does a prospect podcast. Justin, do you do a pro- po- prospect podcast separately or no? Okay, so I, I know you guys talk about prospects at times, but Welsh has a specific prospect podcast. So I'm going to let you lead the charge here on Vlad. He's a god. He's the, the best prospect in baseball. I don't even think it's particularly close, which says more about him than anything negative about anybody else. It's not a it's not a bash on Eloy or anything like that. It's just that he's so amazing. I think he's clearly the number one guy. I want to ask you one question, though, first. Do you think this eliminates the possibility of a call-up? And secondly, how excited are you to stalk him uh, throughout Arizona in in October and November? It's going to be a problem. It is going to be a problem. So first (laughs) off, I've been talking actually a lot about this specific thing, both on the In This League Baseball podcast and Prospect One, that 
I know like I get super jacked up about the AFL a because I'm out here in Arizona and B because I do cover it a lot. I'm out there, Mm -hmm. I'm doing videos and I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can. Uh, and you know, give people information for, because it is not just a prospect podcast. It's also a, uh, it's a fantasy based podcast. So I want to talk to people and I rank prospects based on fantasy. So that's an important, um, different differentiation between like, if you go to like MLB.com or baseball America. So, I don't think it eliminates a possibility because people should remember that Victor Robles was a player yes. that was sent to the Arizona Fall League. They waited two weeks and he got some major league time. But the differentiation here was that the Nationals were vying for a playoff spot and he was mm-hmm. there for that. The Blue Jays are not for that. So no. I would say my gut reaction to anybody is to say that Vlad is not going to come up. He could. It would be for a very, very short period of time. But I don't see why they would do it at this point. So if you were holding on to him in redraft, I would probably hold back on it. Vlad is uh, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. was my favorite baseball player of, of all time. He's such a such a beast. You need to get this year's MLB the show then because he's in it and he's amazing. I love him. Bogman remembers we uh, the long term, the longest fantasy league we've ever done. We've been doing it for I don't even know how long Bogman, 15 years, 18 years. Yeah, yeah it's been Whatever a long time. Whatever it was, the initial draft we ever did. I had the second overall pick and I traded with Bogman so he could take Albert Pujols, number one, so I could take Vlad Guerrero, too. I just loved Vlad I love so it. much. I was He was just my absolute favorite. And I battled over this last year between Ronald Acuna and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as my top prospect. And I had Vlad Jr. as my number one for a while until last year, until I stalked Ronald Acuna. And I saw him like 15 <laughs> times in person. And standing next to Vla- uh, to Ronald Acuna was, it was something incredible. He had a presence about himself. His BP was amazing. And people can see some old BP I got from the Fall League of him. And he's just a transcendent player. And for fantasy with the stolen bases, that changed stuff. I'm going to, my very first game, I will be out. I'm taking the entire week off to cover the Fall League on October 9th. I will be out at Surprise, and I will be there to cover Vlad and the rest of the Blue Jays. And the rest of – that is going to be one of the most stacked teams. It's incredible oh, what the Fall so League good. has done with prospects. I mean, and I'll let you set up everything here. But that roster alone is going to feature – that game alone, I mean, is going to feature guys like Brendan Rodgers and Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It just goes on and on. It's, it's really awesome. It, it's going to be – Fantastic. And you mentioned Boba Shett, also teammate there. Another son, Kevin Biggio, definitely a caliber below these guys in terms of prospect status, but still an intriguing guy who's made some noise this year. He's going to be on that roster. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to see Vlad. It's going to be awesome. I think he's going to rip through the league the way, basically a lot of the way Acuna did last year. I mean, he's basically emulating Acuna's season right down to the fact that he's been so yeah. amazing in the minors that we were saying he absolutely should be called up, but we have such a stupid system that does not incentivize teams to call him up. So I get it from the Jays' standpoint, even though it's absolutely maddening that they're not going to call him up, um, or, or that they might not call him up. I guess there's still a chance. For me, I'm, by the way, as far as holding Vlad Jr., I would say hold through uh, next week because you want to let yeah. at least let September hit. Obviously it's going to hit uh, Saturday. And so, you know, you'll have the two days before you really even need to do anything as most leagues make moves on Sunday, but I would probably hold them through this upcoming week here at least just to give it a shot. And then if, and then at that point, if you need the roster spot, I totally get it. Um, all right. So let's start talking about some guys that we're interested to see outside of Vlad. Let's start with Bogman. Give me a guy who you cannot wait to see. 
I'm excited to see Forrest Whitley. I was hoping he was going to get a call up. Obviously, he went on the disabled list. Really uh, hurt him. In double A and uh, was also a huge cheater and missed 50 games. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why he's going to the AFL. He's Adderall cheating. I mean, recreational Adderall at that, too. But nevertheless, you broke the rules. You got to know what you're doing. And, uh, you know, you got got in trouble for it. It's obviously not... It's not on the same level, but he got suspended for for using something that he's not supposed it's to. It's the Chris Davis. You get like half an asterisk. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, um. But uh. But but I'm excited to see him because uh, there are a lot of um really good hitters. I, I don't know. And, and the Welsh can correct me if I'm wrong. I know we have you know Sixto Sanchez and John Duplantier. Uh, is the pitching just way less than the hitting this year in the AFL? It always is. That's the thing. Like there, there's yes. usually about four or five it's a really. Yeah, it is. Like last year, uh, Mitch Keller was one of the highlights. Justice Sheffield ran away with some stuff. He was like, yes. I remember I was at his first game and Keith Law had tweeted out, it's the best I've ever seen Justice Sheffield. And he gave up one hit. So there's usually like four really good pitchers and then it's littered with relief guys or uh, take like Birch Smith. Like that was a guy that was in the, the fall league last year. So you get like guys like that, you know, 25, 24 year olds that are just trying to, you know, the Giants have a couple of those guys like Garrett Williams is just trying to get his feet under himself. So there's usually like four guys that are trying to um, just establish themselves for the future. And it just so happens to be that like one team has practically all the pitchers on it. <laughs> and it's the uh, the Houston with Whitley, uh, Bukowskis and uh, Scott I think Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, I think they're all on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. So that. Yeah. OK. So Forrest Whitley. uh Arguably, or or maybe hands down, the top pitching prospect, uh, definitely one of it. it whether you want to say the number one, uh, maybe you don't, but I, I would say it definitely has a huge case for it to be the number one pitching prospect. Justin, who's somebody you're interested in following uh, in the Arizona Fall League? Yeah, I won't be seeing them because I, yeah, I was about be to say there. who you want to see there, Justin. Oh. <laughs> That's why I said, oh, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Whose box scores are you interested in looking at? <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Julio Pablo Martinez. Yes. Okay. Uh, good one. I, good one. He's 22 years old. Uh, you know, coming from Cuba, uh, he has hit for a surprising amount of power so far in Low A, and I know it's Low A, and he's 22. So uh, I'll be interested to kind of see him going up against some of the you know top tier pitching uh, that is in this league uh, when he does face it, um, because I mean this was a guy that I think was thought of more as a uh, is going to play good defense and have a whole lot of speed, uh, and the power may develop over time or it may not. But he's he's got a 184 ISO in in low A uh, over 56 games. So uh, I think this is a guy who could be kind of a four category producer in fantasy: power, speed, and not much batting average. But I, I I'm I'm uh, interested to kind of see him up against uh, some good talent. Justin, I think uh, that's an interesting one you said, too, by the way, because Ben Badler originally, when Pop, uh, Julio Pablo signed, had comped him right around the range of uh, Luis Robert in that territory. And I've got him really high because of the multi-category stuff. So I, lo- I love that you said that one because that was someone I was desperately hoping was going to come out here to the Fall League. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to to see Juan Pablo Mar- or Julio Pablo Martinez. Is yeah. it Juan Pablo Martinez? I think he was on The Bachelor. I, I want to kill myself for knowing that. <laughs> but uh, my, my, I, I think that was his name. I don't know. No Who one's going to stop you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Welsh, give me, one, give me one that you're excited for. And I know. Uh, by uh, the way, one. I'm going to challenge you a little bit to go a little bit off the board. Maybe don't give me a six, though, because you've got the deepest prospect knowledge here. I, I don't think I'm out of bounds to say that. I don't think I'm offending. 
uh, any of the other three of us. I okay, fine. Yeah, Justin, you, go ahead. You want to go toe to toe with freaking Welsh out there in Arizona watching these guys? No, I'm so not he, tall enough to go toe to toe. We've gone toe to toe, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, a little lower down the board than than just the superstars, the Keston Heroes, the Sixto Sanchez. So who you got? Well, I mean, okay, that's that's really good because I was the biggest thing that I walked away from, and and I'll you know attempt to try to give you one or four or something like that. But um, I, I was just shocked at how talented this entire pool is. Now, mm-hmm. two guys that jumped out to my mind that I just wanted to throw out that I'm really excited about seeing, and and you guys can kind of judge like the level of um, you know how big they are. But Carter Keyboom with the Nationals, that was someone that uh, during this draft season I said was one of the most criminally underrated prospects that no one was talking about he struggled he had an incredible turnaround he's a shortstop with the Nationals it's probably going to move to third base and he's going to be playing with the Salt River Rafters and he's going to be playing alongside a really good team and uh, Brent Rooker Monty Harrison a bunch of the Diamondbacks players Brendan Rogers with the Rockies just caught called up uh, to the AFL he's going to play there another one that's a little bit of a bigger name is Taylor Trammell with the Reds. And he's one that I, I've only seen once in person, and I'm absolutely dying to see in person. And uh, how about this one? This is a little bit of a lower one. With the Diamondbacks, he is a catcher, but I think he could potentially move off of a catcher at some point. But if he doesn't, this is one of those players that you would look at how everyone treated Francisco Mejia, but this guy's stealing bases. His name is Dalton Den Varsho. Exactly, Dalton Ooh. Varsho. Who um he's a uh, he's a double digit homer and steal guy. He got hurt a little bit during the season. He came out here to the AZL for just a short period of time, but he hit three eleven with uh seven homers and seven stolen bases in 2017, and then in 2018. 10 homers, 18 stolen bases, a 369 OBP with a 292 average. And this is a player that is a catcher and they want to keep him there, but he's versatile enough to play second or third base. He is a top 100 prospect to me in fantasy. And for a catcher, I usually don't do something like that because I'm not a big catcher guy, but I am really, because I haven't got to see Varsho in person where I would say like Probably about 60% of the guys that are coming out to the fall league, I've actually already seen. And then lastly, long-winded here, what's really fascinating, not, not a lot of people realize this, there's a lot of guys that were here last year that are coming back. And I've oh, never that seen that is something. interesting. Monty yeah. Harrison, Estevan Floriel, and the list goes on. You usually have a couple guys who do that, but there is a pretty good crop who are going to be returning. And so it's going to get, you know, get extra eyes on or get a, another set of eyes on them this time around to see them. So I'm really excited about that. A guy I'm really looking forward to see is uh, apparently it's not Kybert. It's like Kybert or something. How, how I, call you, Kybert Ruiz. I call him Kybert Ruiz, but it, yeah. I think it is Kybert Ruiz. Kybert. I don't even think pronounce the T. Kybert Ruiz. His swing is uh, amazing. Again. I'm with you in terms of saying that I don't really mess with catching prospects. I almost I almost make a point not to as far as fantasy goes because they're just they're so annoying. But his bat is supposed to be so good. He's a switch hitting catcher who's supposed to have all the tools and and really kind of have it also behind the dish a bit as well. Usually the problem with catching prospects in fantasy is that uh, teams say, do not worry about your hitting. Focus on, you know, being good behind the dish. 
and it seems like Ruiz kind of has all the tools, you know, not ready, not fully made. I mean, he's 19 years old, but has all the tools kind of working to coalesce at once so that maybe he can come up, kind of hit the ground running on both ends. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. He did regress a little bit this year at double A. I want to see him, uh, you know, this, this is a hitters league. So he might go ahead and take off kind of end the season on a high note. So I'm really excited to see Kyber Ruiz catcher yeah. catching prospect for the Dodgers. That's a who good is one. Sky Bolt and why does he have the best name? Uh, the it's world? the greatest name. I've heard that name before. Is he a legit prospect, Welsh? No. No. Uh, I mean, man. you say that though. Yeah, he is because his name's cool. His name, He's definitely it's an A plus yeah. name. It's an A plus name. You one of the fascinating things about the Arizona Fall League is the amount of times there can be players that are brought up and you're like what exactly is an Arden Pabst? Because that's a player. That's a catcher for Pittsburgh uh, that's playing on the surprise that's, team. He's going to inherit the Pabst Blue Ribbon uh, yeah. uh, fortune. So. But sometimes oh, wow. these guys are given these offers. I'm just making that up. Yeah, he's not. I know. But you, you get... You get these players that are going to be put in this position. That's why they're here. They're here mm-hmm. to audition. They're here to see, you know, uh, what a team, whether it's uh, valuing for a trade into the future, which I thought a guy like Michael Chavis would have been, or it's going to be if they're going to give a roster spot. The amount of players that got that run this year. I will tell you, though, the surprise team, because because um, uh, Justin, you brought up Julio Pablo. If you go to a, a game and and Paul, you're going to be out here with us. If you just see surprise. You can see an outfield that's Julio Pablo Martinez, Kevin Biggio, Khalil Lee, who is a super underrated prospect that people should be looking at, an infield of Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Cole Tucker with the Pirates, who is a legit dude. And you can go over with some uh, – they've got half-decent catchers and some okay pitchers. That's an all-star prospect lineup that's only one team that surprises putting one game, out here. Exactly. And it's if they happen nuts. to play – that team that you talked about uh, with all the good pitching there with the with the Whitley or the Sixto Sanchez starting. Yeah. And then that club is is playing. You could see a couple other good guys, Peter Alonzo, somebody that we were hoping would get called oh, up. Yeah, and they man. said no on him. You know, if, if you happen to get a surprise versus Scottsdale game, that could be a lot of fun, especially if one of Sixto uh, or Whitley's thrown. So that that's going to be really interesting there. Bogman, let me get your second guy here that you're excited to see. Uh, I, you know, Luis Robert, Esteban Florio, a lot of guys that the Welsh has already brought up. I went through and uh, picked guys whose named I, I, I knew. So, and Sky Bolt. Uh, yeah, me too, by the way. I, just, <laughs> I and I'm not a huge prospect guy. I've, I've committed to getting better this year, listening to Prospect One, listening to Rotowire with James Anderson and Clay Link. Uh, and so I definitely have a better handle this year. I know more names going into the Fall League, but I also learn about so many guys there, and it's so much fun. Evan White from Peoria is a guy. I'm yes. Me too. Love him. I, I, love I just him. drafted him in a minor league draft, so I, I want to go out there and be like, "Hey, better be good because my hey. team sucks." I have Josh Donaldson, so Do some things for me, please. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about him too is he got a lot of comps to Cody Bellinger because he was a Gold Glove first baseman that can go play Gold Glove outfield. The only Ooh. problem is is his bat didn't necessarily translate. Like they they looked at him and they looked at the power and said, well, we don't know if this is going to actually fully translate, but the guy has really come on in the second half. I'm really big on Evan White. I really like him because even though defense is negated in fantasy, defense is going to get you on the field and give you the opportunity. And he's proven that he's got a pretty damn good bat. So Evan White, that's a great one, Bogman. I'm actually very excited to see him. He's yeah. for Seattle now, but you know Jerry Depoto will trade him uh, at a moment's notice for a guarantee. some like uh, 28-year-old clown. So, you know, that's that's not fun. Mitch Hanniger. 
I, w- I was good. I, you know, I can't say a guy that's already on their team, but Mitch Hanniger's at least good. Um, Justin, who are you excited to have us tell you about later? <laughs> God, what a that dick. was a good one. That was the guy got me. Oh, um, I- I'm going to go really deep. Uh, oh, I like it. I like it. I'm really excited to see something from Dominic Marolio. Oh, I don't even know who that that is. I, I'm I, so I need I need a I rundown here. Does he cook knows... at the Italian place out of here? Uh, he does which not. one? But he is actually the cousin of my best friend from high school and current lawyer, Anthony Morolio. That's uh, amazing. So, and I was That's actually really surprised about. to see him on the roster for the Arizona Fall League. So I thought that was cool, and I thought I'd mention that. Very cool, and he's a catching prospect. So you mentioned, by the way, uh, Welsh. You mentioned Dalton Varsho. Uh, your your Diamondbacks have three catchers on this roster: Renee Martinez, Dom. Mar- how'd you say it? Marolio. Marolio, yeah. Marolio and and Varsho. Uh, Welsh, can you expound on on Marolio's uh, skill level? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have a top five hundred. You, you stumped the Welsh. No, we got to play that game with prospects. Stump the Welsh. Stump, I've got uh, a top 500 fantasy prospect list, but my personal list goes way beyond that. I look at that and I'm like, what are the Diamondbacks doing? What are they doing? I will tell you, though, one of my favorite things about the Arizona Fall League, not only is a camaraderie that we get from first pitch, this is not an ad for them. I absolutely love hanging with Paul. Paul's one of my favorite people. It's not just a shoot because we're on here. It's legit. Me and Paul, we text. I get all up in your business. I'm like, all right, come on. Let's go play poker. Let's do this stuff. But I also love Paul Stars. And I am a reigning champion from 2016. Or I'm not the reigning That's champion. I'm a reigning, former champion. I'm a former champion. Former champion. I'm sorry. I'm the reigning sorry. champion from 2011. Go okay. ahead. There's right. a couple champions I played on twice, podcast. So I'm a winner. Bogman's drafted players before. There are there's I've one never guy. lost. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't lose if you don't play. One guy I think that is going to be in the Fall Stars game that I think is going to be a late round pick and is going to be a steal in the Paul Stars game. Because you said that Vlad is one one in Paul Stars, and you're right. But look out, everybody, for Shed Long. With the Cincinnati, oh, he was my next guy. Oh, I'm well, sorry, I ruined that. Shed Long, no, big perfect. league shed. I've second. sat, I've sat down and talked with Shed multiple times. He's such a down to earth guy. He's a smaller second baseman who has an incredible, incredible uppercut swing. Who's going to hit for some power? And the coaches out there, they call him Big League Shed. Watch out for Shed Long. Is he going to be now? He'll be drafted lower, so he'll be like the bargain bin version of this because you're saying he's going to be a little bit cheaper is he going to be the willie calhoun who actually Uh, did he not win it for you if i recall correctly yeah frank i took frank libretto and willie calhoun and willie calhoun's three-run bomb won me paul stars in 16 yes he is absolutely that type of guy love this is going to wind up being an al bundy story by the way (laughs) about about, uh, the high school touchdowns i've I've heard so like how could you remember i'll be on i'll be on paul star uh we'll be on uh sleeper in the bus in 2022 and i'll be like 2000 16 reigning 2016 champion way way later calhoun will be going into the hall of fame and you're gonna be like (laughs) oh god i can't wait to watch the hall of fame induction this sunday oh my god let me tell you a story but yeah i know years ago paul can i tell you my favorite part of the arizona fall league championship game sitting next to you is watching you jump like a little girl every time (laughs) a a ball hits the screen and and if you're watching live 
Okay, you know what that's called? Good reflexes, okay? Do you want to just sit there and take a ball to the face? No, you want to be matrixing the hell out of the way of that stuff. And I've got amazing reflexes. You want to know something? I actually still have, Bogman, should I go do this? I have the 2017 Fall Stars game still recorded on my DVR. (laughs) You might be able to go find Paul jumping at a couple balls. My favorite part is that that he jumps and then he gets mad at himself for jumping. He's, oh, damn it. Why did I jump? Ah." You got it by about the seventh inning. I remember, Paul, because one hit right near you and you didn't flinch. You were stone cold. Very excited about that one. Yeah, so, and then he it, did it, flinch because he had to brag about how he didn't. <laughs> it yeah. will be the challenge again this year because we will be sitting right behind home plate, and it'll be great, Justin. You can watch <laughs> us on TV, Justin. I do want you to have your your time to uh, talk about Shed Long then. So, what, what what do you like about the Cincinnati prospect? By the way, they got so many good prospects. This Cincinnati team, if they were in a different division, I don't know what division. Maybe the maybe the AL Central. I think they'd be on the come up much sooner with some of these prospects. But what do you like about a 22-year-old Shed Long? I mean, what's not to like? Power, speed, and he walks. Yes, and he's short. And it's just yes. interesting when, when shorter yeah. players excel. You know, Especially and a shorter player named What's wrong with that, Paul? Well, and Shed. There, there's the oh, old, I'm, uh, not I'm to pro short. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we, we it's tall people. We appreciate short people, yeah, and that's a jump on Justin's stuff. But it's interesting that I love that, Justin, you honed in on Shed because there's this little wave coming that everyone needs to get ready for of players that are just like Shed. There's a player on the opposite diamond that I am an absolute ridiculous person about in Jeter Downs. There's Esturi Ruiz of the Padres. Yes. There's multiple players that are just like Shed Long. There's this little oh, wave man. that's about to come yes. of these guys that are going to hit for power and speed. But sorry, Justin, yeah, I love hearing people talk about Shed Long. You know, he doesn't have the greatest hit tool, but I think it's going to be good enough to hit 260, 270 in the majors. But he, he walks at a double-digit rate. He's got power. He's got speed. I mean, this is a guy that is not going to ever be a top two-round or top three-round pick in fantasy, but he could be Brian Dozier-esque. Yes! Uh, yes! Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's exactly who... I was thinking – I can't believe we all got there at the same Love moment it. because I was like, dude, that this is Dozier right here. I'm looking at his profile right now. So, okay, Shed Long of Cincinnati. That's a great name. Really enjoy that one. Uh, all right, Welsh, another one. What you got? Oh. <laughs> I know you People got 42 like, more. Shut up. Like <laughs> shut the Welsh – up about no you got stuff. i mean i know you're ready to talk about literally anybody but go ahead and give us another one yeah i'm just like i'm super jazzed up about all these guys all right so i mean i've i think i've covered a lot of the guys here here's one that everyone should be on the lookout for this is a criminally underrated player don't who's my guy yeah, well hopefully i don't but this is a guy that people should be on the lookout for because he has been at what he's been doing at his age level across the minor leagues has not been spectacular, but people should be on the lookout for it's not Peter Alonso with the Mets. It's Andres Jimenez with the okay. Mets. Six homers, 38 stolen bases with a 350 Whoa. OBP this year. Everything he's been doing has been at a very, very young level. This has been like a 19-year-old kid. He's made it up to double A this season. He's got um, He's got the swing that we're looking for from even a lot of these smaller guys, this new transformed kind of uppercut swing. He makes great contact. You can see he steals bases. Over the last two years, he's stolen over 50 bases. His power is starting to develop, and it's not coming necessarily at the expense of his average. He hit 265 last year. He's hitting 286 this year. Andres Jimenez is going to be one of the younger guys in the Arizona Fall League, and I think he's going to make some noise. 
Okay, I like that one. Uh, I am familiar with that name as well, and I'm very proud of myself. Uh, the next one I would like to talk about, and uh, this is this is a jump off from the Future Stars game, which I love watching every year too. But uh, Luis Alexander Bazabe had a hell of a game, and I was really impressed with what he did. I remember him from the uh, he was I believe he was in the Chris Sale deal, yes, the Chris Sale Young Moncada now deal, and so just another quality player that's going to be coming up for the uh, for the White Sox eventually. I was really impressed with what he did. I cannot wait to get eyes on him live. And I'm I think he's a dynamic type of guy. Again, very limited sample that I've seen a uh, a Fall Stars game or excuse me, a, a Future Stars game. Uh clips, uh grainy ass clips from from uh <laughs> YouTube and looking at his profile. So anytime I give uh, I give a minor league scouting process it's not unless i went out to round rock and saw them i i I fully acknowledge that it's mostly box score scouting or reading other people's stuff but he does look like somebody who does have a dynamic profile with power and speed we saw all that on display at the fall star or excuse me i keep saying fall stars at the future stars game do worry a little bit about the 15 out of 26 stolen bases this year doesn't look like he knows exactly when to run but Listen, you're young. Go ahead. Be aggressive. You can figure it out. But he is 15-15 this year in 498 plate appearances. I do like that. He can't take a walk. Strikes out a little bit much. But again, 21 years old at AA this year. Uh, split his season between high and AA. So I like that he made the jump and kind of held on. He was much better at high A, but didn't completely fall off going to AA. So I cannot wait to see Bazabe over at, uh, over at the Fall Stars this year as well. Welsh, do you have any thoughts on on Basabe? Yeah, no, I've seen him a couple. I've seen him actually the last couple of years. uh, And it's interesting, too, because he's like transformed his body a little bit. Like, I remember I was all excited about him when he got traded to the White Sox. And I saw him and I was like, oh, this guy isn't quite into baseball shape where it was. And he kind of struggled. But um, he's a he's a streaky player. Like, that's something that people are going to have to be ready for. Monty Harrison is one of those guys. Monty Harrison's this big 6'3 muscle bound dude. He struggled last year so bad in the fall league. And I happened to be at the game where he hit two homers with a grand slam. And I, I filmed it and I talked with him after, and he was so excited about it. Cause he kind of knew where his struggles were. And actually his brother, Shaq, um, Shaq Harrison plays for the Phoenix suns. And he played in, and he came out to visit him. He was a, oh, a D league cool. player for the Phoenix suns and all of his, um, his guys were there to see him in this game and he broke out and he finally hit that stride. And then he, just went nuts. He went bonkers the rest of the way through. So they're these streaky type of players. And when they know they're streaky, they can, they can help avoid, you know, the downturn that, you know, those bad runs get in them and then they get in a funk. I don't think, but, uh, uh, Baysby is there yet. So I'm excited to see where he's transformed from two years ago when I saw him play multiple times where he is now, because this was kind of the big year where he got a lot of attention. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's a really good one. I Justin. hate the bad runs, by the way. Yeah, I don't like the one. Well, I don't like when the streaky guys go on the on the negative run. <laughs> Justin, you got one more name for us? Uh, yeah, one more. Chase Johnson, pitcher out of the San Francisco farm system. Uh, oh, that's perfect. I was actually going to ask you. You guys are sending a good handful of guys. I was wondering if uh, any of them appeal to you. So, Chase Johnson, tell us about the six four one ninety two righty. Yeah, he's the uh, son of my cousin's uh, uh, friend. No, no, I'm just, I'm just screwing around with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's my dog walker's brother's sister. 
Uh, I, yes. I want to do a space balls routine real quick. That, but... <laughs> I like it. I like it. Actually, so, I'll uh, always I'll always be down for any space ball references. By the way, so good job on you. Yeah, that was. Uh, Heath Quinn is an interesting guy that may be up for the Giants next year, especially as they start losing pieces. A uh, little bit of pop. Uh, I think he was like third round pick two years ago, third or fourth yeah. round pick. Um, I, I think he he's, doesn't have huge upside, but. For those who are going to be playing in deeper formats next year, I think he there's a good chance he could uh, uh, be in left field for them next season. That's Heath Quinn for the Giants. All right, we're going to cap this episode off with Paul being super selfish, okay? <laughs> so, Welch, i got to get you dialed in here on this Mesa roster. And this is a new thing for, for, for me, so this is why I'm going to take this selfish route because Tigers don't usually have good prospects, okay? Nick Castellanos is probably like the only really good one that we've had lately. Yeah, had Christian yet, Stewart was, two years ago. Well, yeah, yeah, but he. I'm talking just about prospects in general. And, and yeah, that's I, true. I'm still wondering why he didn't get called up. But, um, you know, it, even when the Wasn't team, he filming Twilight? <laughs> Not that one. Not Christian. Oh. Come on. Oh. What's her name, Kristen? Kristen Stewart, uh, he probably has more personality than she does, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, even as the Tigers were in their run of really high quality, they were trading off the Willie Adamases of the world, so we never really saw them to fruition. Now they're obviously in a full-scale rebuild. They're sending a good handful of guys out. I know it's not their top, top guys because most of those are pitchers, but who should I be looking at for my Tigers? I know Daz Cameron's the name. There's so many uh, player sons that are going to be out there. But is he the best one, or should I be looking at somebody else as the as the top tiger on that Mesa club? No, I mean Daz Cameron's definitely the guy. Daz Cameron's the one that you want to be looking at. I'm, uh, for, especially if you're thinking of it from any like fantasy perspective I, whatsoever. Yeah, that's the one you're going to want to look at. Eight homers, 23 stolen bases this year. He's for two straight years, and this is really important. He's kept his average above like that 260 marker, 271 in uh, 2017, 265 this year. A little bit lower than we want. Power dropped a little bit from it did where it was last year, but he's still a four-tool threat. I don't think average is ever going to be his thing. I'd be surprised if he's more than like a 250 hitter at the major league level. He's not going to be his. That. Yeah, he's not going to be necessarily his father or anything like that, but I think some of the other stats could be there. You guys have Jake Rogers, who was a catcher they acquired from the Astros. He actually was – Jake Rogers is actually supposed to be in the Fall League last year, and then he was taken off the roster. He's had a poor year, but he has these little spurts where he'll bust out with like two homers. He's a guy. And then uh, Sandy Baez is another one of the players you could look at. He's kind of – Actually hit the majors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been teetering between like relief and starter. He could be something. I'd actually be really curious to watch it. He actually might be the most interesting to watch to see how the team utilizes him. If he's going to be one of those like back in relief guys that they try to tell us like, oh, well, we're just getting him one inning. We want to monitor his innings. But really, they're like we've seen a lot of guys that have been starters that they've put in the fall league and they're like, well, he's a starter. But we're just going to give him some relief time. It happened to Yoander Mendez. It happened to multiple uh, Francis Martez with the Astros. It happened with Yancy Almonte with the Rockies. So I would be really curious to watch where he is. But Daz Cameron, Jake Rogers, Baez, those are pretty decent prospects to watch. But uh, Cameron's your guy. Okay. Don't don't forget about Danny Woodrow, though. He uh, can hit for average and steal bases. He has 22 stolen bases this year. 31 stolen bases last year uh, for the Tigers uh, throughout their minor league system. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's my third cousin. 
Actually, <laughs> I did confirm yeah. that on his Wikipedia. He lists you and puts a link to Friends with Fantasy Benefits. So that's pretty cool. He's repping you as much as you're repping him. He's a tiny uh, dude, too. Like one, 5'10", 160. He reminds me of they uh, Kurt Gibson's son, Cam Gibson. They uh, had in the Arizona Fall League last year. He was really interesting to watch. They always bring like one of those interesting guys that's like, you know, he's like one of those gritty type of players. Like Woodrow mm-hmm. reminds me of one of the gritty players the Tigers are going to bring out, like Cam and, Gibson. And if you're listed 5'10", then then you're five eight. I mean that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, like and you're gritty. They're, they're juicing two inches on that, which means shed long is like five five. Uh, so all right, cool. that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, that was a hell of an episode, gentlemen. I want to thank mm-hmm. you guys for both being on. Uh, Welsh and Bogman guys, let us know where they can find everything for you on uh, the. Of, I'm of course gonna put links to the shows, but tell us about the shows and Twitter. Go ahead. Yeah, Welsh. I mean first off, just like. Thank you very much for having us on. We, Paul, we've had a great relationship with you for many years, and we absolutely always have loved everything that you've done. And you've always been so gracious with us, and you've like made the In This League podcast so much fun whenever you come on because you're not just a guest. You've always had fun with it. And Justin, you've done the same thing because we always kind of we kind of came up together, Justin, with Friends of Fantasy Benefits. We all kind of came up together. Because we're in the same prospect class. Yeah, right. exa- yeah, exactly. Same we were all class. the same draft class. So I just wanted to first say that because you guys have always been really good to us. And I have a I'm like super excited to have been able to come on and chat with you guys on Sleeper on the Bus because it's a you know, it's a um, it's a top notch. It's the upgraded A plus prospect graded podcast out there. But well, thank you. If people want to listen to us, you can check us out over at endthisleague.com. Search in this league on any podcast forum and you'll find we do baseball. I do the Prospect One podcast. Y'all run the gamut on sports, too. We do all the other sports. Bogman (laughs) does a IDP football, two college footballs. We do multiple football podcasts. We also do a baseball podcast. We are masochist at the podcast level. Basketball, too. Yeah, I said basketball. Yeah, we are masochist. They they do basically everything but hockey, but that's made up for with the college football, which well, is we do really no, we They do have real. a hockey podcast over there. Yeah, well, we actually, did. Brian oh. and uh, Brian, they retired from the, uh, oh. from the podcast. Oh. How's the Badman podcast going? That <laughs> one's awesome, though. That one's shooting up the iTunes rankings. I was listening to that one the other day because I just joined a badminton league, and it was very helpful. I really appreciate and it. Every time Bogman um, says shuttlecock, it just makes me shiver. Shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Gross. your... Uh, wife's sister's lawyer host that justin uh, yeah, i thought so i thought so. Hey, I knew you gotta I, have a fourth cousin that's at least involved in the marketing <laughs> bogman <laughs> where can we find you on twitter i am at bogman sports and i want to just reiterate the sentiments that the welsh just said thank you so much for having us on we really enjoyed it i disagree uh with your appearances spore on the show because i always have to spend an extra 25 minutes uh beeping you out because uh you know that it aggravates me so you do it's actually paul you gotta admit though when you come on you kind of like untuck the shirt you kind of unbutton the collar a little bit and you let loose and every time you're on people the first comment we get at in this league is boy did i love hear paul just <laughs> off and you go off every time and bogman cringes because we'll get like edit. 30 bleeps i love yeah. it it's my favorite thing <laughs> well i mean that's listen blame my father and, and really my mother like they grew up just cursing up a, up a storm and it was always uh do, do as i say not as i do you know you, you drop a, a swear on accident and like well you say it okay but but that doesn't mean that you can i'm like okay but our show is the place to do it though like right you can yeah let it down 
I and, could, and I I could do a bunch here and make Justin bleep them, but uh, we usually let one slide in a while. And so, <laughs> yeah, so we just, uh, yeah, we keep it a little bit cleaner here, but uh, I love that you guys, I like that you guys bleep it too. I think it's almost funnier uh, I do too. to have yeah. them bleeped in. People yeah, have always guys, asked us about that, by the way. They're like, why do you have to bleep it? And we're like, because that's what we do. But it I makes just, it funny. I think it's funnier. I really do. And uh, again, the the show cracks me up, man. And it's not to suggest that the, you guys don't give good advice or anything, it, but it's just the the comedy aspect. The fact that you two are very clearly diehard best friends, and and you can even tell the episodes when maybe you guys are with each other, um, and and just the relationship. Like I like that. I you know I was at this football draft that I did tonight and it's i mean we're we're going on i think year 11 so we got a lot of good friends here and we call it you know you can't have thin skin coming into this league and for me it's always been the the more you kind of rip on friends like that's the better friendship that you have yeah like, i don't really absolutely. go ham on 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 people i don't really care about because i don't you know that'd be that'd just be mean but when it's your friends it's it's just part of it and so i love the relationship that you guys have and it is why i crack up so often and paul it's you know this dying. too by the way in the podcast world like listen like you should digest multiple pieces of information you should go out there it doesn't mean you can't have a number one i everyone listening here i imagine 99.9 percent .9 of people that are listening here outside of the few weirdos from itl that are coming over to listen because we're here that maybe don't like you should have your number one but it's good to digest multiple pieces of information and the great thing that you've always done is you guys are not only the smartest podcast but you guys are both very entertaining people and being able to entertain when there's so many options out there these days i think it's critical so that's where that's the space that we want to try to live in is we want to give you information we want to talk about the relevant things but we also want to make you laugh that's that's the world that scott and i come from so we want to make you laugh so maybe we can be a part of the rotation that people go through but hey you should always listen to multiple pieces of information and you should figure out where you sit in the world and you should make your own decisions don't just have people tell you what to do Exactly. And I think it definitely works because, like I said, it cracks me up. And then as far as this show goes, I got so lucky that Justin and I just basically had an instant rapport. And it kind of started with talking about clowning each other. Like we would have debates on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Like I didn't know him yet. I hadn't met him. And we I remember the first time we met <laughs> Justin, I, I felt like I'd already known you for so long. And just like meeting you just kind of finally sealed it. But it was like, nah, dude, we've been talking for years, like the Bryce Harper stuff, which, by the way, I'm surprised you don't bring that up, especially with the year that he's having this year well, about how much. Up, if I bring up the Bryce Harper stuff, you're going to bring up the J.D. Martinez stuff. So it's, I know. I know. You know of... I'm waiting for it. How'd you even know, dude? I was trying <laughs> yeah, to bait no, you, dog. I, I, yeah. Oh, I was trying to bait you so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I know how this one and goes. Then, so. And then we can. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what I was trying to bait you for there. But anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, enough of the love fest. Uh, I hate all of you. You guys are all clowns. I'll You're see all you in about a month and a <laughs> half-ish. And uh, Justin, I will talk to you in like uh, a few days. So uh, thank you guys for being on so much. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.